Welcome, everyone, to the Avengers Podcast, where we talk Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and more. I'm your host, Will, and with me are my co-hosts, Corin and Peyton. Yo. Hey Yo, what's up? We have a great show for everyone this week, and we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, and the news of the week. So there's going to be time codes in the description or the show notes if you want to jump around. And with that, here's Peyton with the news. All right, so I, it's important to start off. I mean, it was a pretty <laughs> important week this last week. Um, the writer strike has begun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. If anyone doesn't know what this is, basically writers in the biz in Hollywood and whatnot are striking because they want better pay, basically. They want better pay, want better benefits and stuff like that because the the nature of media has shifted just in the past, like three to five years, everything has sort of shifted to streaming. And because of that, with streaming, there's no residuals. Usually if something's on a network television, like say like the office or something, uh, each time an episode plays, the writers get residuals for that episode. Even if it was like 10 years old, they still get residuals for it. And a lot of writers are reliant on these residuals and because everything's been moving to streaming, they're not getting any residuals and a lot of writers now can't pay their bills and can't support themselves and stuff like that. So this is a very important fight uh, for the Writers Guild. So they're striking it, it, it based on, uh, you know, s- studios responses. It's looking like they're going to be striking for a while. Yeah. And, and I and I want to throw this out there. Um for any, any audience members um, who may have a particular um, perception of, of writers, is I, I know I know a lot of um, there is a general connotation um, with a lot of people who just don't know that the writers are just the writers guild is just kind of like an old boys club, and you know like they live very cushy, very comfortably, very you know. But that's um, definitely it's not the case, and especially not anymore. And, and even if it was the case, it's fair to advocate for proper compensation for your labor. Um, and, you know, I think it's awesome that the Teamsters, and obviously they're the biggest union in, in America, um, the Teamsters are are out in support, right, of the Writers Guild. One of my favorite streamers was... In support, uh, visited a picket line, uh, Writers Guild of America, and they literally stopped a Wonder Man shoot, um, which is great progress. Awesome. And and hopefully, hopefully the writer's strike makes more headway quicker than we all expected. But yes, given the, the responses are like, oh, yeah, well, we have AI. We have, you know, this, this and that and, and also reality TV and unscripted TV. But honestly... If they don't change the writers for the NBA pretty soon, it's going to be really bad. The writers <laughs> for the NBA right now fucking suck. So the writers <laughs> guild better. They're going to pull through. Let's 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 pray. OK. Yeah. It's also important to note um, that like, the, oh, just the the I forgot. I forgot exactly who it was. But yeah, the whole like AI thing. They're like, we're gonna, just going to get AI to write scripts and we'll get writers to like do touch ups, essentially terrifying like what yeah, the hell it's yeah it, it, it's very like it's it's very um surreal on how fast and uh, how companies are willing to use ai and how ai has is like right like we're literally seeing a cultural shift with ai like as we like live um 
I saw like a tweet on Twitter on how like they tested using AIs for like scripts and stuff. And because like the AI was like so bad at making scripts, they like literally just wanted like humans to keep doing it. But of course, this was probably before like AI is like literally getting like more and more like advanced. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really scary on how all this is becoming more AI focused. Well, it's because it's because, and not to get super political, um, I'm not gonna like get really into it, but it sucks because when you're in um, a society where everything is very money motivated, so um, basically capitalism just means um, make as much money as possible or do it as efficiently as possible, and with AI. It's like, why would we need to pay people? Yeah, exactly. We can just fucking get, you know, and and like, then it's. I think it's just so chilling that like, um, a lot of these people are like, well, um, I forgot which CEO said this. It wasn't Zaslav. It was an, another guy who, who came at him, but but he was like, yeah, like so people won't really tell tell that the writers are gone for a while. Um, so he understands that most of the public isn't super informed on all of this um i think i think that it is important um to inform as many people as possible about the wga striking um and unions are great they're organizing they're trying to um take um their power back as workers and leverage it over their bosses which is fair and they're trying, they're not even asking. And, and a lot of people are also throwing this out there. They're like, oh, they're asking for so much money. They're asking for more and more and more. No, they're literally no. asking for, yeah, like a like, relative. Like, like 2% of like what Hollywood makes. Yeah. Yeah, like very, a, a minuscule amount that will literally it's, barely, not even make a dent in their, <laughs> in their revenue. Their bottom line. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's very much um, a, such a, gen, it's generous and reasonable like it's it's charitable to their bosses what they're asking for and that's what makes this so scary because you realize it's not just hollywood it's it's industries almost everywhere but but yes um we at the avengers podcast stand in solidarity with the with the writers um guild of america we love the wga um writers guild is it writers guild of america yes yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's right. Association. Yeah. yeah, association, cool. yeah. Well, well, okay, excuse my ignorance. I'm going to sound like a fucking idiot now to everyone. But yeah, we stand in solidarity with them. Yeah, it's also important yeah. to know there is a there is a piece of news coming up uh, about a project that has been affected by the strike. It's important to note that, you know, just because your 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 anticipated movie or show or whatever is going to get delayed slightly, it's way more important that the writers get paid because we wouldn't even have these things to begin with if it wasn't for the writers. So, you yeah, know, billion yeah. percent. And it's also worth noting that, like, yeah, this this happened back in two thousand seven and lasted for about thirteen weeks. So hopefully, um, it lasts. It's probably probably like last longer than that. Um, but I hope it gets resolved quickly so that way the writers can receive better compensation for their work. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, of course, um, I guess before we move on, um, if you are interested in materially helping the WGA, 
Um, if you live locally in New York or LA, you can always um, attend the picket line, um, put bodies on the line. That's that's always extremely helpful. You can bring food. You can um, bring water. You can um, uh, go support them uh, materially in person. Um, and otherwise, um, you can just listen to the voices, uh, follow the union only, be kind of wary of articles, follow the union, um, and just listen to their voices um, and just stay attentive and stand in solidarity with them. Yeah. I think that's I think that's it regarding the Writers Guild, right? The strength? Yes. Yeah, so uh, let's move on to the rest of the news. Um, let's breeze through it, because I imagine Will is literally busting at the seams <laughs> wanting to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. Volume 3. Bro, bro can't hide it anymore. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm shaking. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, so let's get into it. So this is according to The Wrap. Uh, Carl Urban is in final talks to star as Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 2. I I I first thought it was a little odd, but I think it could work. I thought it was a it's little. Not. I thought it was a little odd too, but I think everyone sort of sees him as Billy Butcher now, and they forget bros like a chameleon. <laughs> I think he could absolutely pull it off. It's yeah, just, for it's, sure. it should be the Miz. It should be the Miz. The like, Miz. I, know, I can. I, I know can what else see to say. That. I can see. Yeah, the Miz is. Yeah, the I Miz can see is that. is talented enough to do it. The Mortal Kombat movie sucked. So there's no expectations for the sequel. Um, if you like the movie, you're wrong. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But Carl Urban is gonna like bring something to that sequel that it probably doesn't even deserve to have. He's gonna. I'm excited. He's American. I think. Yes. I think maybe like ten years ago, Nathan Fillion would have killed it. I guess. I, I know. Yeah, for sure. I'm so mad. <laughs> Nathan Fillion has a guy, bro. Oh, Nathan Fillion. Um. He's still not too old to play Nathan Drake. Fuck really anyone isn't. who says that. He's it's, not. Yeah. Um, Especially after what? Yeah. I see some people like, this is a bad casting. It should have been Ryan Reynolds. What? Oh, God. Like, Ryan Reynolds is a fucking twig. I, He's not Johnny fucking Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like Johnny Cage quips, but it's not Ryan Reynolds quips. That's a different kind of quip. Just because he quips doesn't make him viable for the role. Like Ryan Reynolds <laughs> is like a, a how do I put this, a gay-coded um snappy uh little little mischievous uh twonk okay that's ryan reynolds okay and and it's true it's true i'm not even it's not even it's an endearing it's i'm saying this in an endearing way but like you know but johnny cage is like is like duke nukem light you know yeah the guy's a stud and ryan reynolds is not a stud absolutely very yeah it's different but yeah, Carl, Carl Urban Urban's is a great. Stud. He's a fucking stud. It's a great choice, and I'm really excited to see that. <laughs> Johnny fucking Cage player Carl Urban. That's incredible. But I is... hope that he has a gay scene with Kano. Oh my, Tank, Kano's dead. Kano can Before... go back. It's Mortal Kombat. You, you die yeah, after every right. match. You oh, die that's... after every match. So like fuck, fuck off. I I'm, I'm so. As I, as I, you know, I consider myself a Mortal Kombat fan. I'm not like a super fan, but I am a fan of Mortal Kombat. And at first, I liked the movie because it was gory, and you know, it had you know pretty nice visual like visuals. But the plot and everything else, like when it settled in, I hated it. I hated yeah, the Mortal Kombat too. movie. Like, yeah. like, like, bro, like, oh, I just don't understand. Yeah, it's not it great, was a- but I had a, I had fun. I had fun with it. <laughs> I, uh, for me, it's for me, movie, yeah. for me, it was very hard to, 
sit through. It was kind of fun to make fun of. Like it, it ended up being a movie like that for me and my friends. But um, but yes, the the fighting was pretty cool. <clears throat> but like the characters and like the development or whatever, it's just eh, it's yeah. whatever. But uh, this is according to Deadline. Taika Waititi no. is reportedly committed to directing his Star Wars film next year. Okay. Cool. Good. That's all, that's all this say. is according to One Take yeah. News. <laughs> we got to breeze through the <laughs> volume three of Star Wars Visions is already in the works. Good. Because Good. I'm going to talk about it later, but season two is very nice. Um, this is according to Deadline. Rob Delaney will return as Peter in Deadpool 3. Go. Fuck. Yes. Let's fucking go. Huge double. I've been saying this for fucking years. I've been saying it for a little fucking years. That he needs to come back and he's back. All right. He's the greatest character of all time. Mm-hmm. So just just to, even if it's a, just a little bit role, I mean, he's going to be happy to see Peter back. I mean, he's the go to that movie. He carried it, really. Uh, he did. This according to Daniel RPK, Marvel Studios has offered the role of Sue Storm to Margot Robbie. Okay. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, I remember saying that. For, for, look, for me, it's like, it's like, look, even though I really wish they cast unknowns, I'm sure whatever happens will be okay. I, I heard that there are like talks of them maybe trying to go for a female thing, but I don't know if that fell through or not. Yeah, I feel like that was like a bunch of rumors that like got combined and like people were saying like maybe Mila Kunis oh, yeah. was cast as the thing and like Mila oh, Kunis fuck. was like, I'm not in it. And the, I don't know. I remember, I remember, I remember her saying something like, oh my God, can you imagine Mila Kunis is the thing? What the fuck? Yeah, imagine hearing Meg's voice as the thing. <laughs> literally, literally. Yeah, before anyone is like, oh, you're a misogynist. First of all, I am. Okay. I'm oh, no, 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 no. But, but really, <clears throat> but really though. I yeah I could not unsee Meg, like like Meg is like sobbing, crying that she's that she looks different than she used to. <laughs> <laughs> and of course they would absolutely do a bit on Family Guy of Meg being the thing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god. Ugh. Yeah. It would be inevitable. Yeah, yeah, and it would be and it would be funny because Meg is already like treated as so ugly and like disgusting when, when, freakish when, when, when like literally she's like a younger lois with like glasses on and a hat she's fat torin <laughs> she, she, can she, you she, see it can't you she, see that she's fat as fuck <laughs> oh my god like a family guy oh my god he's, he's a family guy writer what yeah dude, I'm a family dude, guy writer. dude made family guy he's seth MacFarlane. oh my god I'm just kidding. I'm Big kidding. Fan. We love fat. We love fat chicks. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm, look, I'm sorry. Look, I'm gonna cancel. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that guy. But I feel like when it comes to like, obviously, whoever is Sue Storm has to be a great actress, right? But it's just like if people are like, it should be this person and this person. It's a blonde white woman. It's, I don't think it's that deep as long as they're a good actress. <laughs> is Margot Robbie cool? Is it Jodie Comer cool? I mean, is, is she white and blonde and good? All right, fine by me. I mean, is like, it Ian McDiarmid? Yes. Is it? Hopefully, I was about to say this is according to someone, but it's not according to anyone. Across the Spider Verse will reportedly have a runtime of two hours and twenty minutes, which will make longest, it longest. Yeah, the longest animated film in Western uh, theatrical cinema history. Good. Right. That's awesome. Incredible. We're gonna just yeah. it's just more peak for us. 
This, this is according to the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Fantastic Four is looking to begin filming in January. Hip, hip, hooray, which means we're definitely going to be getting casting, like official casting, sooner rather than later. Um, this is also according to the Hollywood Reporter. Marvel has shut down pre-production on Blade and will continue whenever the writer's strike concludes. So I, mean, I, love, I love Blade, but W. w good. Yeah. It's good that the, the fucking that the effects are being fucking felt and shown. Um, yeah, this is also this is also one of those things where like Mahershala Ali has been reported to be pretty upset about the production of Blade so far. But I feel like in this case, if it's about the writer's strike, he's probably like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) At least I'd hope so. Yeah. Oh, and a lot of and I I don't know. I can't speak on Mahershala Ali's behalf, but I know that a lot of um, actors and and uh, people like that they're they're in they're in the writers' guild. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, there's a ton I think of Nathan Villian's in the Riders Guild. Like, like, so a lot of these people um, are striking too. So, so you you will also have instances of like if you're in a shooting and your actor is, um, and not not saying this is play, just if you're shooting a film um, and your actor is in the Riders Guild of America, well, they legally have to strike too. It's you know. A, a, to the for the union rules so yeah yeah there's so. a, there's been videos and stuff about a, of a, like a bunch of actors who are also writers like act like on the picket line which is always cool to see yeah it's great but yeah that's the news of the week which means it's time to move on to our topic okay which is guardians of the galaxy okay. volume three okay but wait we're gonna do non spoilers no, and spoilers okay it's fine i i just time um, codes description so if you're like i want to go to the spoilers and you can go to spoilers all right I would at first. I would first. Okay. Well, I guess. I guess. I guess when we get into the spoiler review, we can talk about it. But I, you know what? Um, I'll just let y'all talk about it first. Oh God. <laughs> um. Well, here's what here's what I'll say first. The Guardians franchise is easily one of the best in the MCU, even without Volume Three. I mean, just James Gunn's uh, the way he handles these characters. It's a space. It's a space opera. You know, the, especially the first one. The second one's like closer to the Pixar movie, but um, still, like all these characters in space and stuff. And he still manages to make these characters feel grounded. Um, is always going to be impressive to me. And you know, the first one is one of my favorites in the MCU. Top five for me, definitely. The second one, I'm not like Will. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's good. I like it a lot. Not as good as the first one, like top twenty. Um, that being That's said, so weird because, dude, I on a rewatch of both of them, I thought it was not even close. I think the second one is just more thematically involved. Yeah, I, yeah and, but you, you know, you're in the minority. It's just weird. And everywhere like, I go, it's like, like man, like, 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 like you, volume two is the worst look, one. Clearly, here, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you, if you. If it depends on what you value from a movie. If you value, I, I think the first movie is more straightforward. I think it's fantastic, but it's more so like through the lens of a starter for a trilogy, and it's very straightforward and thematically it's pretty simple, but it's very effective. It's you know finding family, learning to share pain with your with a found family, and opening yourself up to trusting people like that. And it's very straightforward. It's very effective, but then volume two is like, oh hey, let's talk about abuse. Let's talk about um, the very real um, complex fallout of that and the fucking baggage associated with that. Things, relationships with siblings, right? Where there's one who's the scapegoat 
um, one who kind of, uh, you know, is blamed by the other. They both blame each other, maybe. But it's very. And I'm not. I'm sorry. I know I'm interrupting. I'm just saying. Like, I think. I think volume two. Um, you know, when you have like half of the movie is Peter and half of it's Rocket, and it's about Rocket finding his own worth seeing himself in Yondu, seeing someone who's fucked up, has fucked up a million times, um, and, you know, made so many bad choices, and in the end, sees everyone celebrating this person's life. He realizes he can be loved too. Peter, um, basically finding, thinking he found um, the dad he wanted all along, gets powers of a god, and, you know, ego is literally intangible ego manifested it's like it's like yeah like like the whole movie is about um like ego and how that can tear apart and wedge a family um rocket and peter's dick fighting right um case in point but at the end of the movie peter finds his worth, understands and realizes his worth as a regular individual um regardless of any cool powers or any or maybe even having a david hasselhoff dad like he doesn't need that to be worthy it's he's himself and like i think that the movie is way more involved thematically um and also funnier and also visually visually more impressive so like and it's so weird i know i'm in the minority and i'm sorry for interrupting you still and like popping off i'm so sorry i'm gonna seem like such a dick i just i just like I'm very opinionated on it. I mean, what you're going to, I mean, it's about your favorite movie of all time. <laughs> look, look, I, I think, I think it's a little justified. And I think, I think, I think if people, if people viewed it through that, just a little, just deliberated a little bit more on it. Um, I think it is in, in things as simple as the opening with baby Groot, every character, um, it, you, it would seem kind of pointless and just kind of like, uh, silly for the kids minion moment. Every character has a little parenting moment with Groot. It foreshadows the whole thing. And and the whole movie, um, subtly also, is just about them overcoming and their fucking daddy and mommy issues so that they can be better parents to Groot, especially Peter and especially Rocket. But then you, of course, have characters like Gamora and Drax, you know, having their little moments as well, um, especially at the end of the film during the funeral. I don't know. There's just a lot that happens. I, I don't know. I think it's a very beautiful movie. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. Keep going. I'm sorry. Keep going. Ugh. I see what you're saying, and you're completely wrong. Um, look, <laughs> no, okay. no volume two. I don't disagree. I just still like it as much. Uh, <laughs> so. When it comes to Volume 3, just based on the trailers alone, I was like, I'm going to like this more than Volume 2. I mean, that's a guarantee. It, it, the, the real question was whether I was going to like it more than Volume 1, which is an incredibly high bar. For me, it's top five of the MCU. And after coming out of it, I've seen the movie twice now. Um, only real fans have seen it twice by now. If you've seen it once, you're not a real fan. Um you can go to hell. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to see it again. Um, uh, I can say confidently, I think, having seen it twice, I think it's better than the first one, and it's top five in the MCU, in my opinion. Um, obviously, we're going to go into detail more in spoilers, but some, uh, some general uh, praise for the movie. The performances, literally everyone is on their A game 
everyone is probably probably has their best performance in these movies probably um yeah bradley cooper is rocket incredible sean gunn also is on set rocket did great but chukuri holy shit bro <laughs> chukuri, hopefully i'm pronouncing his name right chukuri Uji, um the high evolutionary ridiculously good performance ridiculously good i was going into it because he's he was great in peacemaker so i was like i'm on board uh already but like the way they executed his character uh he was very almost he was almost like a cartoonish villain well but, he channeled shakespeare because he, he yeah. plays he's in king lear and 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 so he brought that and it's fucking brilliant yeah he's it's like amazing. he's like a, a cartoonish villain and but he like he sells it so well that like even though it's big and it it, it is a lot at at moments and maybe i'll get to a specific moment in spoilers but like it's so good it's he's so good it's so it's it's saying how good he is i like i'm, I'm repeating myself like god damn he's good but i also want to give flowers to um uh, chris pratt easily his best performance easily his yeah. best performance and yeah. Like, uh, it's it's one of those things. Like, I don't know if he like had a chip on his shoulder or he felt like he had to prove people wrong because they filmed this sort of like at the peak hatred of Chris Pratt. <laughs> um, um, but uh, he really he really was like in his bag in this movie, and it was fucking phenomenal. I hate I I'm gonna say this. I hate splitting up like the non spoiler reviews into yeah. the spoiler reviews. I hate that shit. Because yeah. I want to just say everything. Because yeah, you haven't seen though. the movie, um, you're like you're a bitch. You're just dumb, dude. Oh. You're dumb. Like and you're shorter than us. You're literally shorter <laughs> than us. No, I'm kidding. But let me. But my spoiler-free review is gonna be very, very short because all the things I want to talk about are gonna be spoilers. Um, like just overall, the the like you know the the. I can't speak because it's just so much. Um, the rocket centered focus, uh, yeah, the rocket focus centered storyline was just amazing. Not only seeing the origin, but him growing as a person, like at the you know other parts in the film, were just amazing. I I loved how each character had their own chance to shine in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it felt it felt like nothing was taken away from them, but they were just adding more to their character arc. Yeah, everyone um, got a moment in the sun, and even though yeah. even though like some arcs were, I guess more prominent than others. Like maybe someone's like little mini arc served a, a bigger purpose for oh, another character's barely, arc. Barely, barely even. Like for me, that was not even noticeable. I thought, I thought all of them. It, it it was a miraculous how every single character got like a satisfying amount of um, devoted time and uh, development. Yeah, even know? yeah, you know, like even the side characters had like you know their their moment to shine. Um, it, it it's just like it it's crazy because like you know the movie is like two hours long, like, you know more than two hours long, two and a half hours, but, I think exactly almost two and a half hours it doesn't feel it, long at all 
but it, but the pacing is just incredible. Yeah, like it felt like it really it really felt like you know there there is nothing taken away, and that like everything like fit like a puzzle. It, it's yeah. it's like, like literally what it felt like to me. Yeah, you and, remove. You, I can't imagine taking away one part of the movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah, exactly. And I'm just saying right now, like I told Payton this whenever we we saw it early. Um, you know, last week. Yeah, we saw it early. But, I don't know if anyone knows that. I don't know if we ever <laughs> talked about it, but yeah, we saw Guardians of the Galaxy three volume early. We saw it a week early. It's pretty cool. Jesus, <laughs> but like I, there, there's also uh, a take that I want. I'm gonna go into later on in the spoilers but um it's one of those scenes where like as you know talk, go back to the characters and the like just you know the humor i know like there's a thing of the mcu like recently like people like shitting on the humor but the humor in this movie it adds so much depth to the characters and it it like it develops them so much more it's insane on how James goes I was able to do that and dude I, I really just can't say anymore without spoiling it but the movie was fantastic it was a very very satisfying conclusion to the characters um you know for that's been with us for almost a decade and like it's, it's definitely one of the best trilogies in the MCU uh for me even though the second one isn't all that, like it, it isn't my cup of tea. You can die, by the way. Shut up. In, in an <laughs> awful fire and so, scream for help. And no, this is the no second. One, the second one's like a seven, dude. It's like it's the second one's like a seven. You just don't give it, get an eight, it. But... dude. I, I I get what you're, I get what you're understanding, but if that humor wasn't always in every single like serious moment, it would have been like a nine or a ten. Wait, maybe. It, it wasn't in my opinion, but dude. I swear, I felt like every serious moment, like especially during this, like the second half of the movie, where like every serious moment was just shit on by comedy. That's the only MCU film I felt like. like, I'm in 100% agreement with I'm sorry. Huh? I'm in 100% agreement with you. So I apologize yeah, to Will. That's so I, weird because no, because okay. the moment the moment where he's like, "What's so wrong with that?" He's he's like, "You'll be like just like everyone else." That's the that's the the key serious moment of the film. No, no, I, I like that. I like that. Are you one. talking about? Are you talking about you killed my mother? And no, like, who the hell okay. do you think you so, are? So I tried I want, so hard to find so the one example. So one example, like I have with that movie. You know, you know. I actually, I'm actually going to rewatch Guardians. So you didn't rewatch it before you watched three, which is no. I don't. Fuck, I don't. I don't fucking do that. I, I don't do that. Yeah, Tor's not a rewatcher. Oh. I, I don't rewatch movies. It's not really my thing. I don't either. But but those, but, those are my but there's movies, so it's different. But there's one scene where like they're all like in a room, and like yeah, something serious, something just serious happens, and then Drax says some bullshit, and I, I it just completely turns oh. me off. There's a couple moments. I mean, I mean, if um, I agree with Tor, I don't think. Well, for one, I do think it's uh the serious moments are undercut by comedy. Not it's not all the time in Volume Two. I do think you should rewatch it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I also think the first one is funnier, but. Uh, like to to give a couple examples of the I think one where like, batteries is the funniest joke of the MCU still. I still think it is. No, that, that part's, batteries. That's part's funny. It's not like it's still James Gunn, so it's like the humor's humor. But like, there's the part where like uh, 
uh, Peter's having like sort of heart to heart with his dad. And then, and then Kurt Russell's like, I got to take a whiz. It's like, okay. Um, there's also the, the, the whole running joke with like the fruit being ripe. I didn't think landed at all. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. So the, the, the guy take a whiz thing. I don't even, I never took that as like a, like a, Oh, like a weird thing. I just figured like, Oh, like egos just, that's how like normal dads talk. Like ego just like, did that and and then after that we immediately get a very touching moment of peter gamora um gamora like in in this instance it's like oh my god this is the first time we've seen gamora like truly um carefully like like console peter and kind of offer like uh true insight onto what he's feeling and i thought that was super sweet i think i think i don't think that these these moments of humor exist in a vacuum and i don't think that they're distracting enough um at least for me to like pull me out of it i, I guess i understand if they are for you because everyone's different yeah that's fair i mean um, obviously humor is subjective and whatnot it's like it's like yeah like like to me like you gotta take a whiz that's not funny i think i think a moment a moment that does maybe undercut a serious moment is like you killed my mother and like that moment instantly is like oh wow like oh shit and it, and it is emotional and then and then ego is like who the hell do you think you are which first of all shitty snap reaction uh, of a narcissist and you kind of understand like who like ego really is and he's like, I tried to find the form that best suited you. And he turns into David Hasselhoff right there. That's funny. That's no, funny. I love that bit. But then also, after that, he squishes his Walkman. And Peter, Chris Pratt sells that moment incredibly. It's like, well, fuck. Um, also, hey there, jackass. Funny as fuck. When, when, when Yondu flies through the fucking building. I love the running gag of, of crashing ships into people in the, all three Guardians movies. Everyone loves fucking running ships into each other. It's fantastic. I don't think that's much of a spoiler for volume three. It's just a thing that happens. And so, so when Yanni's like, hey there, jackass, and he fucking flies a ship into the thing. Also, like, of course I have issues. That thing's my freaking father is fucking hilarious. I don't know. I don't think those moments like undercut anything serious. No, that moment was good too. I like that. <laughs> the, the only moment of comedy that I have an actual issue with in Volume Two, my only issue in Volume Two that is Back corrected. Get, um, that's fine because I think I think that it's like to a lot of people, it's kind of like cringe. But to me, it's like that's a very in character thing for Peter to do, and and, and thematically, it's like Gunn loves to highlight. Um, there's there's a difference between emotional immaturity and childlike innocence childlike innocence is often equated to true emotional maturity in this franchise drax um through his shamelessness uh, um displays a level of emotional maturity that is greater than almost anyone else especially in two and three groot in volume one is the most emotionally mature out of the entire fucking group but he's innocent and childlike so peter um kind of in character in, in in a positive way utilizing his um childish you know whatever i think that that was like okay like like you know it's not amazing it's not like oh my god hell yeah but it's like yeah that's cute it's in character the only issue i have in when it comes to comedy volume two um and i think god fixed this the only flaw of volume two in my opinion is how mantis is a through and through submissive submissive 
Asian uh, woman stereotype. And um, yeah, and the, the movie too. the movie's also very mean to her. In the third, and 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 we'll get into this. I, they do fix it in the third movie, in my opinion, and in and in the Hollywood yeah, special. Yeah, absolutely. But but in volume two, there's this particular gag where I think the rest of the ones at her expense are kind of funny. Like 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 um, Drax playing the prank called Mantis. That was cute because they're actually kind of bonding over that. It's like that was a practical joke. I just made it up. Really funny. Rocket bit her because Drax told her to pet him. Yeah. But but the moment where they're doing the group shot, <clears throat> and I think it's fair to make fun of the group shot and undercut it with some comedy in some way, because, like, it's a very tropey thing. It was a very over-the-top moment, still emotional. But, yeah, you can undercut it with some comedy. It's fine. But the way they do it is, you know, a fucking rock lands on Mantis's head, and, yeah, it's funny, but it's like, okay, like... Just look out. Yeah, that, that it's really funny. But still, like, like you know... Then, that part's funny. It's it's also it's also like a way to cover up a bit of a plot contrivance because it's like oh well Mantis is knocked out she was helping them tremendously by keeping uh, ego asleep and yeah like eventually like like you know the third act needs to kick into gear things need to like they really need to be on the back foot um, but yeah to have it in that moment I thought was just a little a little too cynical a little too mean but that's my only problem with the whole movie in comedy the funniest moment in volume two for me was when um peter was learning how to you know do the light shit and he goes i'm gonna make some weird shit <laughs> oh yeah you're old you're a boomer i fucking love that bit you're a boomer for thinking that that's funny <laughs> that's fucking hilarious it is it's chris really pratt's funny. delivery yeah, and his face, the way they the linger on his face is yeah. really good too. Uh, Other but, than that, oh, um, Guardians go. 2 is um, not the best. It's Mid, yeah. very, very mediocre. Um, I will not rewatch it just for the sake of me trolling Will. What um, the fuck? <laughs> okay, well, well <laughs> no, I, I will. I will rewatch Guardians 2, and we'll see how this holds up. But I would, that, I would, I would also, when you rewatch it, try and view it through the thematic lens that I brought up. Fucking, I, it will make will, it better. I it will, will enrich it. I, I will, I will take, I will take your mind of Guardians and put it in mind for a little bit. But going back to Guardians three, this shit's fucking fire. Um, like you know, one of one of the best MCU films. Um, post Endgame for sure. Uh, this shit was fire. I'm ready to talk about spoilers. I can't get into. I just want to get into spoilers. Yeah, Please. a lot of the trailers are like saying like it's the best movie since Avengers Endgame. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. We it's got no way post Endgame. I don't know. We got me. No Way Home. I, I, I love No Way Home. No Way Home is amazing. But I, 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 I love Shang Chi. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely one of the best. movies. Yeah, certainly, post, certainly. It's it's, Endgame. it's yeah, to go to go top know. five. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to the fandom right now. Let's just not get into it. I'm gonna go on a rant. Yeah, um, yeah the. Uh, I do want to say the action in this movie is dialed up to eleven, especially compared to the first two Guardians. I mean, like, uh, ooh, like it was. It's like the first Guardians was good as far as action goes. Volume two does step it up as far as the action goes, and then Volume three, it's like, uh, whoa, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, it's like James Gunn just like. I, I think he learned a lot from working with DC and he brought that over to guardians three, which I think, uh, uh, made it a lot better. <laughs> uh, right. 
I gotta I gotta give my non spoiler. Go on. First of all, it's it's really difficult for me to kind of um formulate my feelings. I think I think that's kind of what matters most to me um in this. Um I, I wanna say Guardians of the Galaxy two, um one one was an amazing experience for me. Uh, growing up with that, you know, as a 14-year-old, whatever, and then going into, into Volume 2, which, by the way, first time I saw it, I really didn't like it. It grew on me um, and grew with me. And um, that easily, I think, this, it means so much to me as a franchise. Um, these characters, this vision, um, this storytelling. And so Volume 3 kind of had a lot to live up to um, for me. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, it was the best day of my life. Like watching that movie was the best day of my life. I, I can't, I, I, I know it's like corny as fuck. Um, but I have never been more moved, um, um, connected with, um, and like, I guess felt like more spoken to, um, by any, any story I've ever experienced. And, um, and I think volume three, not only, um, and, and I guarantee this isn't recency bias. Not only is it, is it my favorite guardians film? Okay. Not only is it my favorite superhero film, it, it's my favorite movie. And, and, um, and I want to see it a million times before it's out of theaters and um i think the pacing is perfect um i think that thematically it's so interesting how as each film goes it's thematically more involved and um in this movie and that's that's in my opinion that's what that's the glue that's what makes this so enjoyable it's like it's like the reason these movies have so much heart, the reason they have so much staying power and so much presence and presence in people's minds, um, still, you know, how casuals and fucking super fans alike will would kill, you know, for these stories. Um, it's like it's the it's the thematic content, um, and in Volume Three. It manages to perfectly um, continue and conclude um, thematic through lines uh, that were carried through one and two, and 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 then it's just it's it's very rare that we see um, a complete unified um, singular like vision trilogy especially now that the mcu is kind of very much like we hand off things to different directors or there are a lot of other people involved um but gunn wrote all three films <clears throat> directed all three films and and um despite infinity war and endgame and, and now there's more info that apparently gunn um didn't have so much to do with with that um as we thought he wrote the um, he wrote all the dialogue but the plot points he didn't he had nothing to do with them. yes yeah yeah exactly okay okay so that's good to know so like um and there's an important thing i do want to talk about when we get into the spoiler part um but but bottom line 10 out of 10 <clears throat> personally um 
yeah, I didn't so find any flaws. It, it's a it's official. It's your favorite movie of all time now. Yeah, I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's perfect. I think it's in Guardians too. I can find flaws in this movie. I can't, and, and I'm gonna rewatch for it now. a million times and see for now, sure. But um, I will. Uh, that's awesome. Something I can say that's valid because Guardians two is ass. Anyway, okay. Um, okay. Um, all right. <laughs> no, but all right, fuck you. No, but uh, you know, before we go into spoilers, yeah, yeah, torn. So, what would you, what would you rate the movie? She's a fucking ten, dude. She's a ten. I have to agree. Ten out of ten. This like, movie dude, was phenomenal. Like, it, it, I, like you know, like just like Will said, you know, I've only seen it once, but I can't find a bad thing about the movie. I guess the only bad thing about it is that it ends. Don't. There's only. Nice. Um, I forgot to talk about it earlier, but there's only a couple times where I thought maybe the humor cut undercut uh, a serious moment. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't as jarring as volume two and it didn't last as long that it was bothersome. But the, but there was a couple of moments that doesn't deter the score at all. It's still fucking 10 out of 10. Fucking incredible. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so um, that's I guess that's our non spoiler section. So let's let's go into spoilers. Real quick. Oh, real quick. I need to talk about something spoilery. Oh, it is spoilery. OK, we're in spoilers. OK, go. So Peter's helmet. Look, listen, 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 listen. I fully believe. Okay, in volume two, Peter's helm was destroyed. <clears throat> um, it's also thematic. I want to. I want to. I want to really dive into this. I don't think um, Peter was meant to have his helmet after volume two. I think that they had it in Infinity War because it was very iconic, and I'm sure James Gunn really didn't have a say in whether or not you know Peter had his helmet or whatever. That's why he doesn't have it in three. In volume one and two, um, it, it has to do with authenticity and identity. Um, and, and this isn't a reach. This is this is real. The first time we see... Okay, Peter is basically a kid playing dress-up as Han Solo with Boba Fett's helmet on. Um, in the first movie, when the mask is on, when we see Peter for the first time, we're, we see a... He's kind of menacing. He's kind of mysterious. He's kind of kind of scary you know he's this big guy he's got a trench coat his silhouette's pretty intimidating and he's you know in the rain it's very moody it's it looks you know, so fucking cool it's awesome it looks so cool and then, cool back to cranked up to 11 and then it's chris pratt disgusting yeah, he takes he oh yeah yeah fuck fuck this guy but he takes his mask off and he's just a fucking kid it's just himself i think that the mask um it to Peter represents a level of inauthenticity, um, a mask <clears throat> for him to hide behind and <clears throat> posture, posture as, as you know, something that he really isn't um, fully. In volume two, there's a, some slight overlap in the third act of the film where he is wearing the mask, um, but he is also simultaneously being fully authentic. The mask breaks, though, when shit really hits the fan. Um, and, you know, uh, he's about to have his fight back moment. Um, I think that in volume three, it's important that we don't see Peter with the helmet on because he's fully, he is, he is in, in himself and in his identity. He's actualized. He's already found his worth um, and is and has come to terms with who he is um, in, uh, in volume two. The only his conflict, his central conflict in three, um, other than saving um, someone he loves, is coping with the loss 
of the woman he loves. And and I think, yeah, like it makes so much sense that he doesn't have the mask. I think it's I think it's kind of weird that I understand why why people might be complaining, especially since the precedent has been set by Infinity War and Endgame, and it's just so iconic and it just looks really cool. But I think it also makes sense from a narrative thematic perspective. And I want to hear y'all's take on on what I just said. <clears throat> I was um, um, honestly when I first watched it, I was. I did. I didn't know the helmet was gone. It didn't even process. Yeah, I, I didn't even notice. Either. I I, swear, yeah. I saw someone on Twitter say it, and then you asked me. Um, <laughs> there was in the movie, and then I was like, "Oh, oh shit! It's not in the movie. <laughs> oh, good. oh damn!" And then I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little, I'm a little sad about it. I'm like, I like. I really like that helmet. I think it looks fucking cool. Uh, but whether it's in the movie or not, uh, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Okay, but but your thoughts on my take? It's a good take. I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, I agree. It's a better take right. than your volume two take. I'll tell you that much. Good hell. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. But 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 yeah. I I think. Yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say on that. I guess. Um. I I know some people were complaining, and it's fair. But I, I, there's a purpose there, and I personally, the reason I asked you whether he had a helmet or not is because I kind of was hoping he didn't um because i i it would have validated my my fucking my monkey brain um analyzing fucking picking at the themes of the shit um and and the significance of the helmet <clears throat> but yeah all right that's it chukuri wuji high evolutionary fucking ah uh, he's uh, is one of the best villains in the MCU top 5 top 3 maybe um just we haven't had a villain in a while where I say in a while, it's been like a couple of years, um, but like a new villain, I guess that's just pure evil. We've had so many villains that, that are sympathetic and have a point, but this motherfucker's just evil. <laughs> like last time we got, it was Willem Dafoe's green goblin. But you know, we, well, I mean, that's technically a villain from the past, even though it was incredible. Uh, but I can't think of a time where we have had a villain like that. In a, and the like difference is minute. also the the level of 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 absolute personal, yeah, um, like vitriol, venom, and hatred, like spewing out of the high evolutionary towards a little fucking baby. You know what I mean? Towards fucking children, like this, is so despicable. He yeah. is phenomenal, and yeah, the yeah. part the part I was referencing that was like where he was hamming it, hamming it up a lot and being really cartoony in a good way, mind you, uh, was when uh, he was looking for uh, rocket and he was like stumbling through. He was like, P one three, P one three. Where are you? Like that was, that was like so unhinged in the best yeah. way. I love that. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. And like, and he, so he was like on his knees and he was like, he <clears throat> mouthed out like, sorry. And like crawled towards the, Oh, so good. Sorry, Tor, go on. Yeah, I was, um, you know, I was telling Peyton how, like, you know, I, I love when the, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I liked how the high evolutionary followed the trip of, like, you know, this, this guy with a god complex, right, who, you know, like, has, like, a tantrum or whatever he loses. Um, it, it was, like, cartoony in, like, the best way. Um, I essentially like loved how this guy, um, 
you know, felt like he needed to perfect everything because he didn't see it his way. And I feel like that's what like a lot of villains tend to do in, in like some movies and TV shows. But like I feel like he, um, that was executed like way better in this movie to me. Um, but yeah, this dude is just purely evil, and I'm glad that throughout the film that um, it didn't shy away from like you know being like you know brutal and visceral, like you know that one part of the movie where he like literally transforms into like a, like a turtle into like some like humanoid hybrid and the turtle he makes fucking he makes a leonardo before our very eyes pretty much <laughs> a fucking deformed leonardo but like the, but do like the fucking turtle is like crying and begging for mercy and then he just like oh yeah fucking kill him yeah like, his love is a lovecraftian body horror pretty much yeah and it, it was like it's like damn like he like yeah he is like very cruel but it was so like it, it felt very very refreshing to see that right. um in this movie um but dude oh my god high yeah high evolutionary especially like also i want to go into like the costume design very great very great oh it's, um, it's amazing and yeah. also the, the skin yeah. mask too yeah the skin mask was so really, well really done cool. yeah it's like it's like we saw like a little itty bitty glimpse of like what sort of that prosthetic look would be capable of in the in the holiday special with Craglin with the with the with the what do you call it the thing on his head what is it the called fin? the fin thank you uh, where it's the like fin. his his skin was sort of like wrapping around it it was a little it was a little gross uh, but like obviously this takes it on another level and you know obviously. It, on, I, on some Joker shit. <laughs> you know I do I mean? want to say, I, I do want to say, um, in regards to, and, and, and I know, I know, I'm going to be all over the place when it comes to um, thematic analysis. I want to say, I, I, when it comes to the high evolutionary, and when it comes to um, the portrayal of godliness, or, or um, in Volume Three, it, I think that it tackles it in a very interesting way. Gunn uses Adam Warlock. To contrast, high evolutionary um, in terms of godhood, and, and Adam Warlock obviously at first is this fucking bumbling. He's a fuck. He, he's a kid. I mean, he's a kid in a grown old. man's body. Yeah, twelve days old. He's a baby. Okay. He. Um, Which I imagine but a lot he, of people are being pissed about. Well, he. But that's. But that's how he's right. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But but it, there's a there's an amazing thematic purpose in my opinion. Um. And but his innocence and his power, or whatever, is being co-opted by someone who's evil. God um, in this movie, or um, high evolutionary, who he thinks is he he believes he's God. I believe God uses him to. Um, my friend was my friend put it this way. He has a lot of religious trauma. He said that God to him, the Christian God, is high evolutionary. The Bible describes God as a jealous God. My friend was like. Why would anyone ever want to fucking worship something like that? God is God is cruel, um, and and the high evolutionary and his God complex perfectly, perfectly. Um, I think I think highlights um, a lot of glorified aspects of godliness um, by a lot of people that really shouldn't be glorified whereas adam especially in the end of the film where we get the sistine chapel um visual callback um, which is very beautiful amazing um adam 
innocence. Again, gun employs innocence in, and childlike innocence, right? And equates that to godlihood, right? To godliness, to godhood. And, and, and Adam's innocence coupled with his powers and him doing something truly selfless after, after seeing this group of people um, do anything it takes to save the ones that they care about, to save these, to save their friend um, and to save um, the animals and, you know, people and creatures um, from the high evolutionary. Adam learns but like it's just so interesting the contrast between what is in this movie to this movie a true god versus um the high evolutionary who is a jealous cruel hateful um spiteful god and i think it's done wonderfully i think it's i think it's amazing uh there was that <laughs> Tord and I saw it early because we saw Guardians of the Galaxy three volume. Uh, we we saw it early. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there was a line the High Evolutionary says, and Tord and I were geeking out about it. Uh, it's when uh, what's her name? His like number two is about to like rebel, and she was like, "For the love of God!" And he turns around and he goes, "There is no God. That's why I stepped in." I was. That we were like, hard. "Oh my god!" <laughs> that shit went hard, bro. Yeah. James Gunn had fucking his hand was on flames with arthritis writing that dude that shit was crazy yeah he made a fucking he made like <clears throat> such a fucking loathable psychopath and he in this uh, that's such an amazing line oh my god i i remember that part of the movie i remember going damn but yeah that shit's awesome yeah Fire. it's crazy but um oh yeah so basically what i wanted to go into is how like i I said earlier how the humor um develops characters and that main person goes to drax um drax dude i know like you know people have the criticisms about drax which i definitely can understand but it doesn't really apply to me all all that well but this movie dude like drax was fucking cool like he was fucking great he was so good He's perfect. It's like, I I think James Gunn heard Dave Bautista's like criticisms and concerns about the character and James Gunn really, uh, he he, he really gave Drax number one, something to do, but also gave him more depth and oh, so good. Loved him. Yeah, we're, we're allowed to see that depth finally. Yeah. Yeah, Like like it's been hinted at for, for, for so long and, and, you know, barely, barely shown through into it, intuitive, you know, participation on our part but yeah yeah and like you know you know, j- j- just like certain lines of like you know of course when he's talking to the kids or whatever and that because um yeah like uh nebula was like you can speak their language why couldn't like well, why did you say that before and he's like oh yeah you know you didn't ask and then i also like love the part of the end where you know they're, they're evacuating everybody onto nowhere and adam warlock is like you know uh, why'd you save me? Groot says something, and then he says, "Yeah, everyone deserves a second chance." Like I, I, I just like love that. It was very, you know, very, very emotional, and very, you know, like fitting. Yeah, and of course, you know, there's the moment where um, he's he's talking to the kids, or he's trying to calm them down. He was like, "I had a daughter just like you," and she loved when I made monkey noises. And obviously, he does like the robot shit. 
And it was, yes, it was just yeah. the sweetest fucking I cried, scene. I, I cried. I cried. It was so I cried cute. That scene. And he was like doing yep. a little, and he goes, boop, to, to Nebula and Mantis. So very, good. Yeah. Very heartwarming. I, I, I literally cried um, full tears. That wasn't just like teary eye. That was like, oh my God. Yeah, like, I'm it. like, yeah, um, I, I thought that that was so fucking Yeah, the music beautiful. was swelling up. And yeah. Beautiful. And also, also, I love, love, love the foreshadowing in the beginning. We're like, you know, uh, you know, out of nowhere, we're like, you know, they're all dancing. And Mantis is like, Jax, like, why don't you dance? And then he's like, don't dance, he's for children. This, and this has been he something since the first movie. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this has been something it's a running for thing. Yeah, and, and we finally see it. And, and we it, finally again, see it, and it just, yeah, it just had, because it's been a runner this entire, for this entire franchise, it's it had that much more impact. And, and hearing Nebula tell Drax, like... You weren't you know, born to be a destroyer. You weren't born to be a destroyer. You were born to be a dad. And he was. Oh. It was just ripped away from him. Oh, that, like, that, like, that just, dude. Fuck. Broke my heart. That shit. That shit. I, I, I think, um, yeah. And also, back to what I was saying earlier, like, Drax exemplifies the most emotional maturity out of the whole team in this film. I think in this film, kind of before everyone else. And 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 yes, he does say make comments and make like oh like hello moron hello idiot. But to him, they're like terms of endear. It's almost like terms of endearment. There's never any malicious intent behind anything he says to anyone. That ever. or he just hears her from the other guardians and he just yeah <laughs> yeah he 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 is an innocent guy. A guy. Um, I mean he's not he's he's obviously traumatized. He's not fully innocent, but he displays such shameless just love he doesn't and, and like and like mantis was like mantis said and this made me cry too jesus christ it's like he's like the only one of you doesn't hate himself and yeah you yeah. know who cares if he's stupid he loves he loves you and he doesn't hate himself like yeah yeah he's he's um he's amazing oh my god so good so yeah. when, when torn did you cry um Shit, dude, I don't, I don't remember, dog. I that, cried every right. Actually, I, I, I didn't like cry, but I got like really teary eyed at the um. Oh god, god damn it! I think I might cry right now. Um, when Florentifs died, that's yeah. when I got very, very teary eyed. I was just like, "Come on, dog." Well, Will, when did you? He, when did the first tear drop for you? The first tear drop for me when Rocket was um, seeing Creep. Because, because what a fucking pussy! No, no, no! Your first tear fucking shed whenever you sat down. It's actually true. That, no, 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 no. That's true. That's true. That's true. You sat down. I, when the Marvel was, intro was, started and it was just all Guardians, I, I, I cried at the IMAX countdown. <laughs> I seriously no, he no, fucking, but you fucking cry when you bought the tickets. I did, I did. I cried on in the car on the way there. I'm serious. I'm a very emotional guy, but but when Rocket loser. And look, I knew that I knew that uh, whatever I, I knew that creep was going to be a rocket song and, and um, hearing him sing it. And also he's going to cry like you can you see him. He, he fucking there's one part where, you know, he, he's walking through. He, it, it's so awesome. He's walking through um, this place where he lives his home with his family who loves him. But he doesn't, he is in imposter syndrome. He doesn't feel like he belongs there. He doesn't, he fucking feels like a fucking abomination. And, and, and he's like, you know, there's one part where he like wipes his nose and he sniffles a little bit as he's singing. 
And then, and not only that, and then I broke down when, when Quill was drunk. I know that was kind of a comedy thing for a lot of people, but that hit home for me. No, that was, that, that was actually, that's a perfect example, actually. Uh, because obviously we mm-hmm. talked about earlier how, you know, at least for me and Torn, volume two wasn't maybe balanced as well as it could have been. But the, in volume three, that moment is a perfect example. It is a, absolutely a serious moment, and there is comedy Dad. in it. It's yeah, beautifully yeah. balanced. Yeah, for sure. I um, oh god, I, I was I was at the end by the end of that, and and when the title card came up, full on crying. Oh, crying. That, yeah, yeah, that title dude. card was great. How everything, yeah. like all the sound design, just drops and it's just the song. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, it's also going back to the quill scene where some people were yeah were, were laughing in our theater, but for me, I wasn't like I was like, dude, like yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. fucking drunk. Like he, I hates himself right now. And yeah. he, it seems he's, he's that, like exactly. And of course, you know, of course, you you're, you're seeing that throughout the movie. You know, like where where Peter hates himself. He's like, you know, like yeah, I wish I wasn't drunk and I would have been able to save Rocket. You know, after you know he gets taken. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it's a very very like very sad thing that happens. And um, yeah, you know, like. Uh, yeah, it was perfectly balanced, you know. Yeah, the fact that that was brought up as if it was a gag, it would never have been brought up again. It was, mm-hmm. it was literally. We, we, the, the, uh, the movie, the movie is ruthless with its pacing. We're like seven minutes in, and shit hits the fan, and it just doesn't stop. Yeah. It does not stop. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it does not relent, and 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 um, and it's immediately terrifying because you go into this movie and if you're not spoiled like a good like a normal person don't fucking watch the movie um spoiled you are at the edge of your fucking seat worried that someone's gonna fucking die they are so there are so many fake outs in this movie so nothing where it's like distracting and it's like i'll roll my eyes fake out blah but like drax has like two um rocket <laughs> dies literally um peter when he turned around Holy at the end shit, of the movie, bro. I started shaking in my seat, squirming, crying. I was like, fuck no. Bro, and then, and then I, I was, saw the I was, face I was, blow, and I'm like, they're not ending it here with a face bloating like this. No way. I was telling Torrent, I was like, they're like if he dies if he die like that i was gonna be so pissed i'm like no yeah. way he goes out because he goes back for a zoom like technically it would have been like a parallel to the first movie because he go back to get the walkman or whatever but nah bro yeah <laughs> i know okay with it as long as his face didn't blow up like that that was the moment where i was like okay like like his face is bloated and, and yeah it's realistic or whatever but like what a weird shot if this is him dying i was still crying i was like so sad but yes there were there were plenty of fake outs um nathan fillion getting the shot on drax both of them um oh yeah um drax also kind of being laid out by adam warlock in the very beginning might have kind of raised a few uh, for me at least i was like oh really this early um but you know but but for peter oh my god the desperate that i think the feeling of desperation throughout the whole movie is so fucking tangible and so well done. And I love how aggressive and violent Peter is for Rocket because he loves him so. But yeah, no, I, I love I love how how everyone is so like, let's like Peter and everyone else is just like, no, we're not stopping. Like, it's not over. And, and the yeah, moment he, also, he needs to save his second best friend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah second best friend. <laughs> it's like it's like. 
like Peter, I, the, one of the moments that like really I loved it when was when he he was like um, when he was like, oh, like, 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 thank you. Thank you, you know, for not killing me or for sparing me or whatever. And Peter's like, that would be premature. And he shoves him, jumps him out the fucking window. Yeah, exactly. And slams him into the fucking ground. Yeah, I know, dude, you know, down, leaves dude. him underwater. It just doesn't even fucking blink twice. And I was like, actually, that's perfect. Again, like, I love you bringing some of this shit up. That scene, number one, brutal as fuck. Uh, so that's, that's great on its own. But like, there's the the camera work man because then it goes into like a handheld yeah. shot in the water and it makes it feel much more real like and real yeah, yeah. yeah very so makes good. it more serious yes it makes it feel serious it conveys that moment to you because it's like yeah peter doesn't really do this peter is is fucking he's he's vengeful for rocket he he because he sees he sees what's been done to him and he loves rocket and it's like Oh my God, let's go. Like, they're not fucking around. They're like, like, and, and I think that, that also, 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 holy fuck. This is kind of a segue, but the, the difficult task, because I don't think Gunn wanted Gamora to be killed off. And that's, I think that's very clear. Gamora was fridged. Um, that's something I stand by wholeheartedly. She was New- fridged. I think she was fridged in Infinity War. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think so, man. I think she was fridged. I don't I even think... know what that means. I know what it means. No, okay. No. No, she... I, I understand. I understand what you mean. She um, died for <clears throat> Peter and yes. Thanos' arcs, which which wasn't. Um, I don't think James Gunn's decision because I think there was more story to be told with Gamora. So, so you have the task of, and that's obviously conjecture, but you have the task of giving us a Gamora that we're not used to and also giving her an arc, but also not doing the stupid shit of they're going to end up back together. That would be so fucking dumb. Peter needs to move on, whatever. So, so for them to, to have this amazing like middle ground of Gamora is her arc is she begins to understand why her, her future alternate self would love peter because she begins uncovering traits that she values in peter and it's not so much that we have a completely different gamora we learn that it's the same gamora she learns it's the same gamora with the same capacity to have these feelings they're just on different trajectories and and i think and i think that one of the key moments for this when rocket dies and Gamora is staring at Peter. Like basically, Peter's like, I'm not letting him go. Right in front of the woman that he's being forced to let go. Right in front of her fucking face. Okay? And she begins to understand. Yeah, he even, even he when he says loves. when he says I'm not letting him go, he emphasizes him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm not letting him go. Which is like I think that um I think that, yeah, I, oh my god. And I'm gonna cry thinking about that too. It's so powerful oh my god i i think i think that like it could have very easily they could have just been like uh no i'm new gamora fuck you peter and then barely have her in the movie and that would have sucked i think i think it, it was a very fine line for it to come across as satisfying for uh uh to give us a satisfying uh gamora um in this movie and they pulled it off i think uh, not not just like barely like flying colors and zoe saldana's fucking killed it oh my god she fucking nailed it yeah Jesus. when she was like when she pushed him into the into the thing and she like really goes off at him yeah 
incredible. That was scary because, like, because like we know Argamora, and so seeing her do that was like, oh my god. And also, also having Nebula having the roles reversed from the first movie, yeah. the yeah. first two movies, where Nebula is she's gone through the um, she has one of the, the best arcs journey. in the MCU period. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, Nebula is Nebula is one of the fucking stars of the MCU. Absolutely, <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I I. And there's just so much to unpack because it's, it's you know, it's, you know, we, we talk about something and it's like, oh, you know, I forgot to talk about this. And yeah. happened, like this part in this. It's the definitely going to be one of those things where we speak, end it and we're going to be like, fuck, I forgot to talk about speaking, this and this. Speaking of Nebula, can, can we all just talk about the fucking wonderful action scenes that she was given in this movie? Especially oh like the, you know, at the beginning and like even at the, like the hallway fight all, or, or, or a corridor fight. Yeah. But dude, like the the fucking I love how like, you know, she gets fucking just dismantled and like disintegrated and she like fucking morphs her way back into like, you know, shape. That was fucking cool. Also thematically relevant because it literally is just how she's been all her life. Like I think it's neat that it's like informs yeah. your character too. It's like physical, like, oh yeah, she's literally like like um her bones are broken and they're and they're like you know flopping everywhere and I, dude it was such a cool moment in the hallway fight i know she has she has also, wonderful she has wonderful black eyes that her father picked out a pretty set for yeah dude, you know, that was, was such a funny <laughs> improv improv yeah, moment, that was apparently. Improv. yeah. so funny because i know gun has like a very tight tight script usually and chris was like yeah like, like we did this like fun run um and and he and he uh like threw that in there and it just stuck. It was so such a funny moment. Yeah, he he, yeah, he improved. I never noticed how black your eyes were. And then James Gunn usually when they do improv, he's like he's like in a chair with like a megaphone. He just like say this, and he told <laughs> he told Karen Gillan to say they're they're picked by my father or whatever when he was as a torture. torture. And then and, and then like, Chris and he, Pratt just came back like immediately with well he picked a pretty set. Oh good. Also also Peter just like I love the initial moment of him just like looking over at Mantis like. Like when 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 uh, Gamora's like Gamora's like uh, it sounds more like yeah yeah Gamora's like it sounds more like Nebula, um it sounds more like her than me and then Peter like looks slowly yeah it's like looking at it. Chris Pratt was on his hey game man he just he, he was he was he was Riz killing Lord. it <laughs> no seriously oh my god it's so funny it's like everyone forgot how cool Star Lord was because they're too busy fucking hating him for in Infinity War. And then he's like, right. and then he like rizzed up uh, Ratcatcher too in her pink makeup in this movie, and he was like, just let me speak to them for my heart. And he's like, I'm not that big of a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, and he, yeah, no, he's a fuck. He's awesome. God, fucking, and, and, fucking Riz God. Bro. He is a Riz God. And you know, to, Riz to, to to bring it a little bit back to Nebula, um, I thought it was cool. I, I don't know what to call it a parallel, but it was like when she first you see that like dysmorphia when Adam Warlock just pummels her. And it's like scary. It's like, oh my god, because <laughs> he really like yeah. pulls the shit out of her. Yeah. And you know, she you know comes back obviously. But in the hallway fight, she uses it to her advantage and just completely mm. demolishes people. Yeah, for, yeah, dude. Because yeah. like I remember like the the corridor fight where like she gets her fucking like head knocked off, and we we're like, ooh, yeah, yeah, it's like and then like on her back. She, she fucking like dismantles like a fucking uh, like a little guard, and we're like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> dude, it was so cool. That, that, love, is that, like, that was like a one take too, and I didn't notice it was a one yeah, take. Oh, you didn't notice it was the first thing I noticed. 
I, I didn't notice it until Peter's part was over because you know what? I was so engrossed in it. I was like, I was so immersed. And then I was like, oh my fucking God, this yeah. is one take. Actually, I think I noticed it was a wonder when we got the, the, the scene with the incredible, beautiful shot of rocket in the yeah. air and i was like mm-hmm. and then it just and it pans down i was like holy shit this is a wonder <laughs> wait a minute you, you, you want to like dude that hallway scene gave me really like or it gave me like guardians of the galaxy the the, the game vibes yeah like for sure like I, I i could just see like on the screen like you know pressing fucking y a or some shit yeah 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 getting all the guardians to do all their shit all at once and but dude I, ugh that that's just incredible but but yeah like the, the overall like the action was like some of the best i've seen in the mcu like like you know like i i, I like t- today you know one of at least like you know I, especially yeah. um you know uh me me and uh Peyton compared the one move uh to kang or well, like, the high evolutionary day where you just fucking like blows up his whole fucking ship after like not getting his like orders followed and it was like fucking crazy yeah but yeah uh, the the adam warlock scenes were fucking great um oh, i also wanted to say before the corridor fight happens the shot of drax opening the door and the slow-mo out of focus shot that it lingers is also really good yeah that was I, awesome that, like behind drax looking down the hall at everyone coming towards them and it's like Oh my god, like you know what's gonna fucking happen. It was amazing. But yeah, Follow, keep going. Before the you know the, the line of rocket, it was like right, I'm done running. And then fucking the BC boys playing. Yeah, uh, BC boys playing, walking, badass, door open Drax opens the fucking door, and then and then everyone's like and then the hall fight happens and it's just like <clears throat> fucking I know no, it's, it's amazing. Too. And I hate that song, but they made it good. James James Gunn and his fucking music is unmatched. Like, oh my god! I I I uh, fucking oh my god! This is the day is my favorite um, track on the. I have to listen uh, to the album. I have to listen to the psych soundtrack, but there, there was like this one song. It was after it was after Creep. Um. But there's like another song. Was, oh, was, crazy was, on you! I think it was that one. But it was it was it was more of like a it was like a rock track. It's where it's where Adam Warlock is about to fly in, right? That's so. crazy on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one that was fucking good. Yeah, um, um, so good. I don't know who I saw, but someone was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm not really a fan of like the third soundtrack, but like like more than this. I think it was Peyton. Peyton, did you say that shit? No, I I said it was uh. It's probably my least favorite of the three, but it's still great. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I think that this is my favorite of the three, and then it goes. It's basically like also kind of generally how I feel about the movies, where it's like three, two, one. In in yeah, three, two, one, and and, and which is not saying anything bad because one is fucking phenomenal. I, and 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 I mean, come on, these are my. I this is my favorite film trilogy of all time, and I can get into my reasoning why, but but um. But yeah, but like, also I wanted to say, the most heartbreaking part of the whole film for me, um, when Rocket meets Lila and Florentines for the first time, and Flora is asking if he can talk, and Rocket just fucking says, "Hurt, hurts." Uh, don't don't even get me started. That fucking 
broke me. That was a little fucking baby. Like, oh my god. And and um I I uh, I love also the um some people were complaining about how he left high evolutionary alive at the end of the movie. But like the the reason the reason that that makes sense um narratively is cuz um when he first messes him up and his friends are begging him to stop like like hey let's go like we can leave like let's run like don't like just stop and and the last thing you know his friends saw before they were killed was like rocket like you know like ripping into this guy ripping into this guy and and rocket like um taking that to heart and just kind of like you know what you know it's like a batman begins like i'm not gonna kill you but i'm not gonna save you you know yeah like that and i think and i think yeah like in rocket had every right to kill him you know drax was drax was like kill him kill him <laughs> yeah yeah and and um i think that it, oh god it's this oh my god dude I, I i can't i can't i i think i think it's just so comprehensive it's so well written it's so well thought out it's so methodical and it's so emotionally involved that it's like any any uh i just can't find any flaws in it and even if i could i'm sure that i'd be able to forgive them because of how of how i'm serious of how of how legit like like contrivances conveniences right those happen in every movie yeah, but there's always like that. Like, I'm I I am of the mind. I I I'm pretty generous with my ten out of tens. <laughs> um, I but I am also of the mind that like no movie is perfect. But I'm also yeah. not going to be like, oh, well, it's like a nine point eight out of ten because no movie's perfect. That's that fucking shit. I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that also, also, and this and this is true. I think I think I think most people are kind of on board with this now. Character before plot. A million percent. This movie is very character driven. Even though, even though there are things that happen that are like like plot catalysts that you know happen, largely it's it's purely character driven. Um, and and uh, yeah, and and I, and I did really quick. I, I know I'm, I'm hogging a lot of the time here. I'm sorry. Um, no, but, um, no, you're all good, man. You're the super fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But I, I did. I did want to say. So my reasoning um, for trilogy stuff. It was in my review, and and y'all read my letterbox review. Um, so when I and, and and I was discussing this with the friends that I saw the film with, and um, they're not even really massive Guardians fans. And then after three, they're like, "Oh my god!" Like I get it now. Like like you know Danny DeVito in the theater. Like and now they love the whole trilogy because they they um, you know we we rewatched the, the first two before we saw three. When you look, I, I feel like I feel like when, when when we take a look at um, trilogies that are out, um, film trilogies, um, it's like we have things like Star Wars, um, which is of no wonder why it's so culturally last. So so it's generation spanning. Lord of the Rings, perfect fantasy trilogy, amazing adaptation. Um, you know, The Godfather, um, even though one of them is kind of like eh. Um, and and Peyton's not a big fan. And I was like, eh, I'm, I'm kind of, eh. It's like, you know, Godfather, like, we get it. Like, I understand. Um, Raimi Spider-Man, Nolan trilogy, whatever, right? I think that 
no trilogy within a comic comics within you know film in general none of them have made me feel the way that i feel um uh, these trilogies have this trilogy has right like none of them none of them have um made me care um more about a group of characters um or, or or cry as much or miss them as much and and it's not even like one of the one of the movies is a, a lull there's no movie that's like a dud um no movie is uh, everything everything is thematically congruent um cohesive um the story and uh, the character development is um top notch and it, it's so funny because the movies grow with you and um as you watch them and it, it's i think it's um and, 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 and I think that the time gap between two and three has a lot to do with that in a positive way. Like, like I, I think that it lent itself, it, it allowed for a darker, more mature, and more thematically complex film because its audience grew up with it, um, grew between the two movies. And, and I think watching the trilogy... And Marvel Studios grew. Yeah, Marvel Studios grew as well. Because now they're willing to um, do, you know, push things a little bit more. James grew, yeah, Marvel Studios grew, um, and the the landscape of film grew. So, you know, it it adapted. And watching the trilogy now back to back, irrespective of any of the context, even just viewing the story as a straightforward thing, the themes and whatever, straightforward, it's phenomenal. I, I think it's I think it's um and, and to me, that's why it's my favorite trilogy of all time, film, but I, I think that an unbiased take i think that it deserves to be in the in talks in talks in conversation to be a top three or in trilogies in general and that's a probably hot take um but i do think that it, it does deserve to be in conversation um outside of the scope of cbms yeah i can't i can't disagree with you entirely and as far as like trilogies ever i'd have to get that to back to the future personally but you know that's just me um but oh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it comes but obviously like like you said a lot of people would definitely say lord of the rings star wars what have you um but comic book trilogies that's just up there uh, yeah absolutely that's just up. Um, i'm trying to think of like the like things that would contend with it like every one of their fucking mom would be like the dark knight trilogy shut the fuck up yeah, no, right. really yeah. literally literally no one cares yeah. literally <laughs> the dark knight rises L. exists it's already out it's gone it's been <laughs> guardians of galaxy Dude, is better be- begins is the only uh, w you have just take mm. it and go even if, even if we do include the dark knight still rises <laughs> like yeah. like gun is three for three and no one was two for three <laughs> spider-man yeah, the, the bring me spider-man trilogy again two for three it's already two out. for three Captain yeah, America it's trilogy. Three. It's three it's for three. three. It's three for three, but the first movie it's is not still as, like it's not as strong. Eh. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I could I could only like like the MCU Spider Man trilogy. I love Homecoming. I love No Way Home. Far from Home is a little. Uh, I, but I'm also feel the same way about Guardians too. Regardless, the highs and uh, the highs of the Guardians trilogy are still higher than the MCU Spider Man trilogy. So it is higher. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm hugging after that. Oh, my God. No. Made me cry. I think the only trilogy that comic book movie trilogy that would surpass or that does surpass the Guardians trilogy is, of course, 
the Zack Snyder <laughs> Justice League trilogy. Man, it's yeah, the theatrical the, and the Zack theatrical, Snyder's Justice League. The theatrical releases only. Exactly. Of course. Yeah, I, I think I think that the theatrical release of BVS just beats any other, any other movie of all time. What a fucking mess that was. Um, what? Well, okay. Well, we got the original X Men trilogy. The Last Stand is there, so it's out. You got the the Beginnings trilogy, but Apocalypse is there, so it's out. Yeah, come on, Guardians Wolverine trilogy. Gu- you have Origins, so it's out. Yeah, Guardians might be the best superhero trilogy of all time. Yeah, unless there's something I'm, that I chest. can't think of, but say I, it with I, your I, chest. It is. It's okay. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Part it part is. of it hurts because I'm I'm biased towards Spider Man in it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but, I know, I know. But uh, hey, it's the clo- to okay. me the MCU Spider Man trilogy is the closest to Guardians. It, That's IMO. fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think gone. to me, to me the closest would be the Captain America. Um, trilogy. That's fair. Um, yeah, Spider Man and Captain. Yeah. Those are pretty, yeah, yeah, very good, very good, um, and yeah, I, I just think, yeah, and then, and then in terms of, again, to me, what I value out of a movie, um, I'm a very sentimental, emotional person, and I love, love stories about. It's like, oh, there he is. Hey, what's yeah. up, boy? Hey, um, Dumb, dumbass, fucking <laughs> laptop died. Oh, the laptop died. It's crazy, crazy, because like I have this shit plugged into the fucking charger like all day, and then like I guess it just that's why or something. It's time to get that's a full on PC. Yeah, it's because your battery is because your battery is like overloaded if it's plugged in all the time. Oh, but um, no, no, that's not, no. It was just it wasn't connected to the charger. That's okay. why because HP has fucking shit battery life. Yeah. Wait, wait. I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say something. Um, mm. Fuck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, it comes down to what you value most in a, in a film. For me, I'm very emotional, and I love stories about. I love what I, what I really love about Guardians is that it's very realized human. Probably the most realized and human. Like, like when you watch them just interact with each other, it's like, yeah, these are like real people. Especially in three, where like even the most minor character interactions just inform so much about character and are just like. Yeah, like it's viable because you know we've been with them for so long, and they're very grounded people. But it's also so fucking fantastical, where you literally have like a talking fucking raccoon, a giant tree man, a cyborg woman, a pro wrestler, um, you know, and and they're they're in space fighting um, like pig monster pig pig monsters and like baby golden gods you know what i mean um i think i love that it's able to do that where it's able to be so fucking out of out there but also present trauma um and and um trauma responses um and and you know overcoming them overcoming that trauma in such a realistic um, and believable way um, through the lens of this fucking fantastical universe um, and over-the-top action and humor and and heart. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, again, bringing it back to trilogies, what I value is how this makes me feel. Um, Star Wars makes me feel a whole lot, a whole lot. Um, and I appreciate it uh, for its political... Uh, nuance, but it's less of the trilogies and more of an overall scope of the universe. Um, Lord of the Rings, 
it's fucking amazing. It's so gripping. It's beautiful. Still probably some of those beautiful movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, but it doesn't move me. Um, it's compelling, but I'm not really moved all that much. Um, and, you know, I can go on and on and on. But Guardians of the Galaxy speaks to me personally. Um, and at the end of the day, all this is subjective anyways, but yes, to my tastes, um, to what I value in films. Um, um, technically, um, through writing, uh, through execution, uh, through storytelling, character development, casting, everything like that. It's just the whole comprehensive, the, 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 the everything to me. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm grateful for it and I'm grateful to call it my favorite, um, trilogy of all time. One of my, um, one of my favorite things about this film compared to the other two, uh, the stakes are on a grand scale are a lot smaller on a personal scale. It's fucking huge, <laughs> but on a grand scale, like the first one is like, if he gets the power stone and you know, it's the fucking power stone, it's the fucking Finney stone, uh, you know, could destroy everything. Obviously with ego, it's like, he's got all these like plants and shit on other planets that'll like engulf them all and kill everyone on the planets. And this one's like, yeah, I'm making another earth <laughs> with some things that I made. <laughs> Yeah, and save Rocket, yeah. too. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. I I love that. I I love how I love how like yeah, like it's interesting. Also, the way that um scale is is um just over the course of all the movies, um how it changes. Like the second movie, setting wise, much more intimate, much smaller scale setting than the first film. First film was more of a whole on full-on spacefaring like adventure um in my eyes and two is like we're on a planet for a while that's it but the stakes are bigger um but it's also more intimate than the first one uh character wise and then like the third one it uh now yeah like you said yeah on a bigger on a bigger sense the stakes are much smaller but then in an emotional sense the stakes have never been more fucking dire. And that's why the movie feels so desperate, which is such a unique tone. It's such a, it's such a unique and mature tone. Um, and it's handled so well. It's conveyed so well. I love it so much. What are my, what are my favorite things about this film? Like we are, I mean, we've been sort of talking about it the whole time, but James Gunn was allowed to go a lot darker and also a lot more violent. I was not expecting, uh, for them to show bros face just gone. (laughs) (laughs) yeah because like they ripped off the face and i was like i was like oh that's that's already pretty gross and a little bit violent but there's no way they're gonna show the face and they show the face i was like oh my god (laughs) yeah i know i know like one of the first like uh reactions for like you know james gunn's like you know you know you know the the guardians movie getting darker was when his own wife got shot in the leg and just but it was like played so real like like it was comedic but it was like oh like she like literally got shot you know it's so fucking funny bro (laughs) we're just like holy fuck and then then, yeah like the other the other time we're like you know uh where it got like really really dark was like you know well you mentioned earlier we're like you know uh you know peter just jumps out of the fucking high evolutionary shit but that look that the doctor and just slams him to the ground 
and like his <laughs> Groot helped head. him. Yeah, Groot helped Groot, him, dude. And also, also when Peter was like, "Kill everyone." Yeah, so badass. Oh my god, chills, dude. Kill rocket, all. rocket, rocket, ripping the guy's face off. So cathartic. So cathartic. And 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 then and then what you end it on whenever the face is revealed. The High Evolutionary is just, just this fucking... It's such a satisfying... Rarely do you get a very satisfying ending for such a hateable villain. But it's like, yeah, like he was dispatched easily because he's a fucking... He's a pathetic fucking worm. He's, this guy's a fucking baby. And and, he, and he's such a pathetic, writhing piece of shit. And when his face was, like, peeled off, it was like, oh, my God, yeah. Like, oh, you pity... It's a pitiable... It, like, it, he called Rocket Putrid. This guy's fucking putrid. You know what I mean? It's awesome. So good. Sorry, Tornay. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. But but I'm glad that, like, you know, James Gunn was able to go, like, above and beyond in in the means of, uh, you know, pushing the limits uh, on on, on this film. And see, look at, you know, this fucking... Hold on, let me see. Sorry. Are Are you looking at people's reactions right now? No, I'm, I'm looking up the the rating of it. Oh, Rotten yeah. Tomatoes has it on like a yeah. 67 for no, critics. No, dude, like this fucking like proves that like, like for what for Guardians? Yeah, yeah no, like, Metacritic no, has it no, at a no, 67. No, no. Oh, like, Metacritic. The, okay. Not talking about like, the rating of like you know it's PG 13, of course. Oh yeah. Fucking yeah, this fucking proves that you can fucking push, like you know you, you make fucking PG 13s like like to you know to its limits. Oh yeah. Fuck, fuck you all. You fuck all those. Everything needs to be rated R. Fucking pussies, dude. I swear to God. I, I, hate, that they, I hate that they released it. I didn't see the F word clip. Um, but they released the F word clip. Oh yeah, yeah. Ahead yeah. of the movie, but which which sucks because seeing it in the like, my my friends didn't tell me about it at all. <clears throat> but like, I'm glad that I just saw it in the movie because like. <laughs> open the fucking door is so funny yeah. was the delivered so funny when uh torn and i saw it early because we saw it early um we could <laughs> okay we could you could you could sense the audience like or like here it is here it is it's coming <laughs> and yeah. then it finally came and everyone was like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i finally came <laughs> oh what <laughs> jeez i meant like it came to the theater dude yeah of course yeah no but what a to think i'm so happy that james gunn got to do the first mcu f-bomb instead of like deadpool he deserved it he absolutely james. deserves it and for guardians to do it the one that's like like it's so funny because the first guardians movie i feel like at the time was the most all for the fam for the whole family movie you know what i mean and now it's like we're here and i would not really advise uh children small children to see this movie at all like it's just different i I think i think it's so interesting to see how it's evolved and yeah james deserves it because i mean come on dude i i don't know it just it just makes sense to me no yeah yeah i agree yeah small children yeah (laughs) yeah probably shouldn't see it (laughs) yeah i mean Um, dude's face is ripped off i mean (laughs) dude's face is ripped off um baby baby rocket yeah uh, just animal torture just generally Animal torture. Oh, also, also, I want to say, um, one thematic through line that is present through all movies, just to varying degrees. The first movie is kind of mild, but it's hinted at with Nebula and Gamora. Um, 
and then the and kind of you know, do with the context of the second movie um and then the second movie it's very present and then you know third movie it's parental abuse and how high evolutionary was it was an abusive dad to rocket um and like the moments where he would like praise him and then he would get real close and squeeze his head yeah you know hold him like that like i uh, it's just such a brutally like it's such an uncomfortably real thing and i think that like yeah i, I don't know i i laud the fucking movie for it i think i think i think i think it's it, it tackles it wonderfully and it's just interesting because you see this very over-the-top cartoonish villain he's like a fucking dick dastardly type and he's like you know like a shakespearean whatever like you know he's just over the top and then he just gets in real close to this fucking baby right and like clearly takes pleasure in lording himself over it i i don't know it's it's just there's um nothing but praise and, and i think i think it's moments like that along with many other moments where i think i think yeah like smaller kids are probably gonna have a harder time with this movie and um moments moments where also the jump scare the animal there's a uh, jump scare that with the uh, animal transforming um oh yeah uh drax drax getting shot in the front and the back um, another moment uh rocket rocket the first time they use the med pack on rocket and it's not fucking working because he's too fucking small and all it does is like cauterize the g- gaping bleeding fucking you know what I mean? Like mess on his chest. Yeah, and he's like foaming at the mouth and shit. Yeah, yep. And, and parts where he's like barely able to breathe, where there's like fluid in his lungs when they say that shit. Like, yeah, it's a. I would not say this movie's for kids, and 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 I think that Chris was right when he said, you know, this movie was made for people who, who were fourteen when the first movie came out, and grew up with them now, or adults now, or whatever. Because thematically, it's very mature. Not not in the not in the very superficial maturity where it's like oh it's just over the top gory to be gory um and profane to be profane it's no it's like the subject matter is very very serious as it always has been in guardians but it's just that much more real um and a little and a little uh distressing but it's amazing yeah and it's like we're at we're at sort of a point in the mcu where i feel like people sort of criticize things that aren't even there anymore just because it's a marvel movie because i see a bunch of reviews that are generally positive but they're also like it's still a marvel movie though they got jokes in it like (laughs) you know what i mean people made up their mind and and they just hate the mcu yeah like i get it it is what it is but like uh, to go back to the villain i was tone torn i feel like um high evolutionary uh, it's 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 almost not fair. It, I mean, it is fair, but um, but like he's sort of out Kang Kang, <laughs> like you know. What I mean? Yep. yep. He, even even <clears throat> when he did like the whole like when he was about to get uh, uh, when they're about to like take over the ship or whatever his crew, and he just he just sort of rages out and just has like a big explosion coming out of the suit. I mean, that was just straight up Kang, and it was it was way more you know impactful. <laughs> um. But, you know, the two things we've seen him in, we've seen him be sort of like, you know, uh, it's like scatterbrain and shit in Loki. And and we saw like a little glimpse of like a little bitty baby glimpse of what he could do in in Quantumania. So we really haven't seen him at like his full 
power or whatever. But um, the high evolutionary really yeah. fucking brought that shit. And people no, are sure. people are saying like if you know if you know if they have to recast you know they could like totally retcon and like make Chugumuri <laughs> Uji the new Kang and just say high high evolutionary is a fucking variant. I'm kind of on board with that. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm good with that. Like, yeah, like, um, yeah, he, he really did steal the show. It's so funny because like the most instant uh, recent comparison we have and as unfair as as it is you know it's still in the same continuity is ant man this is we got we got midamania followed by peak i know y'all love ant man 3 i know it's okay to be wrong it's it's, uh, it's I fine to say i loved it i mean, I mean it's oh no, yeah okay. y'all say you loved, loved it, it. i mean i'm just not a fucking hater like everyone else like i actually like you should be a hater no, I mean like it, it ain't the best MCU movie. I mean, I just think it's fine. Just like Thor, I just like Love and Thunder. People fucking hate that movie. I just think it's okay. Payne loves it though. It's a great film. But, but when I watch it again, probably not. Same thing goes for you know, you know, it's like meth. It's like meth. Like yes, like like it's fine. But when I, I, I do it again, no. I don't know, man. I'm not fucking Walter White. It's not. It's not like. It's not like shit. crack, which I, I I do that every day. Um, but uh, oh, I also I, I wanted I wanted to make a comment. Um, Rocket, uh, Rocket, when he goes in and he uh sees the raccoons and he saves them and then he finds out he was taken from a wildlife park on Earth and that he's a raccoon and like. Than him like using that to totally um, reclaim his identity, um, you know, fully actualize himself, um, call himself Rocket Raccoon was a very nice payoff. So cool. Also, <laughs> also, also him like in that back to that moment of him rescuing those raccoons and looking all around him and just breaking down into tears, just seeing like the, the crushing weight, like feeling the crushing weight of like, oh my god. It's just so many animals here, you know, and it's heartbreaking. And, and, and I love, and I love like, I don't know. I, I just really think there, there was such a, a beautiful emphasis on, um, saving just everything, you know, saving like everyone they could, everything they could, um, was really awesome. And I love that the, the whole, the main focus of this movie, even as violent as it is, is it is more, concerned in my opinion um directly with saving people that a, a lot of other superhero movies are um um in more in more of a focused sense versus like oh we save the world we save the galaxy it's like you know we're like it's a smaller scale but we're going to do everything we can and we're all almost going to literally die to do it yep yep also end scene and scenes amazing uh uh, I forgot the name of the song, but um, fuck Florence and the Machines. Um, um, but like, like where they ended that movie, everyone dancing. Also, oh, yeah. Peter um going back to see his grandfather um and be there. Um, I think that made me cry. Oh yeah, yeah I meant it, to say earlier, like even though it is Rocket's movie, I'm very happy. Like a lot of the focus is still on Peter, and we still got a lot like. He wasn't just stagnant. 
you know? Yeah. I was, I was a little worried that would happen. And, and, um, it's just interesting. We were able to get a rocket movie, um, where he was pretty much out of commission most of the time. And ever and it's mainly like you kind of begin to see like, it's, it's just, it's just so it's, I thought it was so beautiful to just see how much everyone loved him and how willing they were to just, you know, risk everything to just for the chance of saving him. Um, yeah. And, and how much we get in flashbacks. I think the flashbacks were handled very well. They were not super jarring. They, they, um, blended well. Um, they were also, uh, timed like, like the bits of information that we received were timed appropriately. Um, they were, uh, spaced so that we were able to digest them properly. Um, cause the movie had a lot going on and, um, you know, yeah, I, I think, I think, I think ending any, you know, it, the only, actually, the only thing that I'm nervous about is the, the character that's returning is Star-Lord because I don't want them to fuck him up. He's my favorite character. Um, and I also know Peter, or sorry, oh my God, Chris was like, you know, he'd only come back if um, it was really, really, really good. And he seemed very serious about that. And, and it looks like since he's returning, he found something really good. So hopefully it's good. But I, in my opinion, I think Mantis or Nebula or Rocket... Um, either, either any of those would have been like the surer, um, characters, the safer characters to continue with, in my opinion, especially Mantis and Nebula. Um, yeah, there's still a lot to, that we can get from Mantis. And, and, and I will, I'll wrap I'll wrap up my point by saying the one way I can see the, the, the one issue I have with <clears throat> pulling Peter out from where he is now is if more is taken from him. I think I think that would be a little cruel, like like if if his grandparent if his granddad died or something, whatever, and then he got called into action because of that. I think that the most realistic thing I see happening is hopefully he comes back for like King Dynasty or Secret Wars or whatever, and the reason he does is to defend the life that he has on Earth, um, and then maybe to help out Rocket um, and his team if they show up. Um, and 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 if he dies doing that, then I'd be fine doing. I'd be fine with that. But like, I I don't want him to be called back into something and be like traumatized again. Yeah. Like it, it has to be like a Toby thing. Like where Toby comes back in in No Way Home, and he he's actualized. He's finished his arc. It's not like he's called into action because something fucking traumatic happened. He's there using his experience to help, you know, the new guys to help him out. Yeah, to help out Peter. Um, yeah. Can we talk about Nathan Fillion? Yeah. Oh my God. He was so good in this. God, he's so funny. It's like, I love, I love the running gag of like, yeah. Yeah. He, I got he, a he's guy. He's an idiot. I, I got a guy. I yeah. got one of those. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> so fucking, fucking funny. It would like, he's so like, oh, I, I always admire actors who are just, who can convey like everything just with their facial expression. And like the way he, like the first time he did that bit and he turns around and he just stares at him. <laughs> and he just the, the the faces he makes are just pitch perfect. He's so fucking good at this, which just pissed me off more that we won't get him in a fucking main role in the MCU. Like I'm happy he's in it. He was brilliant, but god damn it. <laughs> he also played he also played the character where they did the prison rape joke yep. in volume 1, yep. which and he, was and he was going to I think he was going to play Wonder Man in volume 2, but his role got cut. 
Oh, it's yeah. a for Wonder Man. Ugh. Where the fuck would you put Wonder Man in Volume 2? Like I don't where? remember. I just know that I think there was at some point, like, there was, like, a movie poster or something, and he was on it as Wonder Man, and... Oh, on Earth, maybe, 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 like, yeah, like one of the scenes on Earth where, like, yeah. they're running from the blue glob. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like, um, also, again, fuck the people who say he's too old to be Nathan fucking Drake. Go to fucking hell. He is not. He is a perfect Uncharted 4 age. Nathan Drake. He is literally a living, breathing Nathan Drake. And he's proven himself to us by making a fan film where he nailed it as Nathan Drake. He just is Nathan Drake. His real name is Nathan. Like, what the fuck? He's perfect. And what's hilarious in the in the show, The Rookie, his fucking his name is Nolan. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like they just it's like they know when they're rubbing it in. Like, God damn it. Look, yeah, like like I, I just people. Jesus, I I just what the fuck? Imagine imagine settling a Mark Wahlberg for Nathan Drake for years and being too stubborn to change it, and then eventually he just gets too old. So you're like make him Sully and bring in Tom Holland, and you and then like you make Uncharted, and then The Last of Us comes and is like, hey, we're really good, and then like I'm over here fucking dying, drowning. If this is the, if the price I have to pay is I, I don't get a good Uncharted movie, um, but I get volume three and it's amazing and I get a perfect trilogy. That's fine. I guess whatever, whatever. Yeah. But to know that in another universe, Nathan Fillion is Nathan Drake and it is like a blockbuster film series. And he's Wonder Man. And he's Wonder Man. And he's Superman. I'm just kidding. But, you know, <laughs> he's Green Lantern. Bring, they're they're going to. Oh, my God. Amazing. He'd be an amazing Hal Jordan. And he is. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, this should bring. Patrick Warburton as Superman again. Bring him back. But live action this time, baby. That'd be so stupid. That'd be so funny. Sorry, that was such an ADHD tangent. Yeah, nah. the tick, yeah. Such a tangent on my part. I'm sorry. I imagine he was the one. Imagine imagine Nathan Fillion is just amazing in this, and then he was the one. <laughs> he's the one that kills Drax. I know. I was literally, I was literally like, oh my God. Oh my God. Did he kill Drax? <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> not Nathan Fillion. No, I was like, I was like, oh my god, like no way, this is where Drax dies. Thank, thankfully, it wasn't because like then, then you remember in the trailer, like oh yeah, he walks away, he's walking. Yeah, and I had to double check when they had him on his shoulders, like okay, he's moving his legs, he's alive. I was like, okay, good. But uh, also, Drax shedding his first tear, um, saying goodbye to Mantis. Oh, if yeah, that come on. Oh, and then oh, the, the one that the, that really got me because the first time I cried was not when um, Rocket was was dying and then he basically died. Um, I actually didn't cry there because I think I, I think based off all the trailers, I was I just kind of accepted his death. <laughs> but then um, when he came back to life and Peter and Groot were hugging him, yeah, that fucking crushed yeah. me. I was like, oh no. <laughs> But then yeah. it was like it was like a it was like a one two punch because that happened and I was crying and then when you know Rocket revealed himself to Drax, Mantis, and Nebula and then Nebula broke down I was yeah. like God damn <laughs> yeah because one of the best um, 
developments that happened between the two movies was Rocket and Nebula's relationship. Like, the shot of them holding hands is still um, one that is very present in my mind. Um, you know, when they're sitting there uh, holding hands, I think I think, yeah. I think they just got back from killing Thanos, right? Or whatever. In Endgame? Yeah. Am I wrong? I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that moment, and they're holding hands. Um, it's just like, yeah, Rocket. And, and also when Rocket asks, where's Nebula? Like as soon as he wakes up, like that's one of the yeah. first things he asks. It's not the first thing I, if I remember correctly. No, yeah, he, that's and, exactly what he asks. Yeah, where's Nebula? It's like, yeah, like you know, they love they love each other. It's so it's so interesting how like the two most cynical members of the team are are like so they love they like love each other. They love their team. They love their family. It's just like you have to be so fucking heartless to watch these movies and then not appreciate <laughs> like not not fucking get emotional and appreciate what happens you know or what's going on yeah <sighs> you know we didn't talk about a uh, rocket's friends all that much um lila oh, yeah. and floor who's your favorite yeah. um floor. oh wait i love teeves i love teeves I, I love yeah even though we all have them Mine's certainly the most prominent. <laughs> I love him. There's one thing I uh, I wanted to add. So you know, like you know, you know like the, the, there's there's like the, like a running gag of like you know uh, guards and like you know having you know st- stormtrooper aim essentially, right, bro? Yeah. And then it fucking hit me like when when the camera like or, or when it cuts to them like dead, they weren't trying to kill Rocket. They killed them. Yeah. Bro, that fucking that fucking hurt me. Yep. Um, oh, dude. It was so painful too because, like, and and I think, you know, Rocket, Rocket probably felt a great deal of guilt too. It's like, yeah, he, they they were they were asking him like, let's go, like we can go, like let's run. Um, yeah. I mean, I just can't. That was such a, a such a sad scene. Um, it was done so well, and, and it made it and it made it even more like heart bittersweet when rocket died and he's like can i come because you know he sees them and yeah uh, and she's like of and course I, and i was like nah <laughs> but not yet but not yet and then and then the whole like the whole rocket rocket basically fucking like saying well there's fucking nothing like there's nothing back there like why the fuck would i want to you know what i mean like like why can't i just be here yeah and, and I and I and then, that part made me cry too. Yeah, and when then he Lila, said that, I was like, "Fuck!" Lila blatantly says it like this has been your story all along. Yep, so good. Holy fuck! And 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 I honestly, honestly, and 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 um, Rocket has always been in my S tier characters for a while. He's not my favorite character of all time, but he's he's like top four. Um, and. I think this, I think not objectively, because there's no real objective measure, but fuck it. I think that he is um, a better developed character than Tony. And I think that Rocket is the most comprehensively developed, realized, and um, complex, yeah, character in the MCU thus far. Now, if I'm wrong, you can tell me. 
There's a lot of characters in the MCU. The only the only other character I'd say is Daredevil, but I was going to say Nebula. They're they're very oh Nebula. Oh oh my god yeah oh my god yes actually yes Rocket and Nebula. Rocket Nebula. Yeah, share that. DD. Daredevil. Daredevil. The only reason I'm hesitant to bring him up is because technically I don't know how how the fuck they feel about him still. You know that development still, but we'll see. Yeah. Um. I think I think the last thing I want to say, God, this is definitely going to be one of those things where we stop recording. I'm going to remember something, and I'm like, God damn, I wanted to talk about that. Uh, but I think the last thing I wanted to say is uh, at the end of the movie, and it was it was my first thought, and I'm so glad James Gunn has since confirmed it. Thank God, because it's oh, it's so brilliant when Groot says, "I love you guys." Yep. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, you're finally understanding, like, what he's saying. Yeah, because a lot of people are like, oh, he speaks now. Nah, we're, we've been with the Guardians. We've been with this family for so long that, and, and they've been, they've been clear on it. Like, yeah, Groot's not really a known language, but if you're just around long enough, you know, you, you just, you just start to get it. And we're finally at that point with the Guardians where we as the audience can understand Groot. Yep. That's yeah, fucking we beautiful. Are the family. My only yeah. issue. Just sounds like Vin Diesel. <laughs> well, just, it is Vin Diesel. I know it's Vin Diesel, but it's like with the, he's just like I am Groot, and it's like I could like I can like in my brain be like, yeah, it's Groot, it's not Vin Diesel. He's just like I love you guys. I'm like that's just Vin Diesel. <laughs> Look, the only reason I I, I care is because Vin Diesel's a creep. Have y'all seen that interview where he's like, I fucking I'm in love with you. I can't do this interview. Oh my god, she's so fucking beautiful, and he does it for like three minutes straight. It's for his triple X movie. It is so cringe it is in uh, so many cringe comps i've never liked vin diesel it's not he's he's i don't know he's never struck me as a (laughs) he was drunk as fuck he's drunk as fuck in a lot of interviews he shows up to and and he was saying he was just it was so embarrassing when he was was begging the rock to, to be in fast x and he like posted a photo of him next to the rock and uh whether it was him or someone on his team photoshopped him to make him look bigger than the rock yep Dude, Vin Diesel is just a fucking character. Did you see what he wore on the red carpet? No. A crew jacket. It was like it was like it was so fucking tacky. It looked like shit. I love that. I love that Bradley Cooper finally showed up yeah, to a, a premiere and he was so wearing happy. a shirt. <clears throat> yeah, me too. Bradley Cooper. It's so funny because he just goes so incognito because Rocket is oh, a collaborative effort. Obviously, Sean Gunn doesn't get nearly enough credit for. He does every facial tick, every fucking movement, yeah. twitch, whatever. And then Bradley brings it to life even further with an amazingly fucking nuanced, grounded performance. Rocket is just such a believable character. And like, yeah, like Bradley just goes so incognito because like he doesn't have a lot of presence as an actor because you don't see his face. You know, Rocket is Rocket. Like, so, so when people, when, when Brad, like, not many people think about Bradley Cooper. You know, um, but it was nice to see him there, even if it wasn't like a t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> he he he's we love him. He was cheesing the whole time. I yeah. think he I think he understood. You know, and it also just made sense for him to be there. Not only is it the final film, but it's Rocket's film. Yeah. So yeah, for him to be there was fucking amazing. And also, it's also really cool because we barely we do barely see him, and he's even not even asked about it all that much because he's not doing press for Guardians. Uh, he clearly, at least he, it, at least if if he doesn't, he, he 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 pretended like it very well. That he clearly loves doing this character, 
and it just like it, it he's one of those guys if you have seen the behind the scenes of him the, the the little footage there is of him doing yeah of him doing rocket uh he's very physical with it he's clearly very into it and that's that's always when you get the best performances from you know actors like mark hamill does it for joker everyone like when they're very physical it's always it's always really good this is one uh one line in volume two that like oh i love it so much it's it's when it's when um they're walking out of the broken ship um and they're on their way to like the team splits up the first time you hear the chain um and guardians too and um you know gamora saying okay look after the ship like look after groot you know make sure nebula doesn't get away and rock is like eh, okay okay like he says okay like barely audibly it's just like like little shit like like little moments like that that are like so like informative to like rocket's character they're never like over the top he's just like it just feels real yeah and um bradley is uh he does it so amazing i love that they didn't just hire like a like bradley cooper yeah he's a celebrity i guess but holy fuck dude the chops on that guy jesus christ the the i mean vin diesel all he all the fucker can say is i'm Groot. okay i'm sorry like that's He's just a face. Yeah. Um, but Bradley Cooper is probably um, one of the most, uh, one of the, the main driving talents uh, in the cast of Guardians. I'm surprised we didn't see more of Adam Warlock and more more so Cosmo. They weren't in it as nearly as much as I thought they'd be, which is fine because it's, you know, the Guardians, the main Guardians uh, story. So ultimately, I'm fine with it. Just but just based off like you know, Cosmos in it and the and the marketing, I thought they were going to be in it more. But you know, I I I, Adam got more than I thought he would. I was kind of expecting he'd show up like for a few minutes at the beginning, die immediately, and then you know whatever. But he even has a very he he even has his own arc, which is great. And 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 I was I was you know Craglin I thought was going to have a bigger part but like it's not like I'm disappointed with the time he had like the time he had was used effectively and he and has like, his own little mini arc with the arrow yep yeah technically Cosmo <laughs> Cosmo has like a payoff she's a good dog what please a good tell movie. me I'm a good dog no fantastic movie a fucking phenomenal film I the excitement was through the roof for me it was also just crazy on how like you know. The just the anticipation that I was experiencing, waiting outside that hot, waiting outside the fucking theater for like what, like five, six it was, hours. It was like four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. Um, because Jesus we saw Christ. it early. I don't know. If... <laughs> Did uh, I say that already? But you're still a fake fans. Only the biggest fans see it early. That's if, you, not if, true. if you didn't see it early, like I can't imagine. Like imagine if you're like someone who like their favorite movie of all time is like Guardians Two, and then they don't see it early. You know what I mean? I saw. I I got tickets for as early as I thought I could. Oh, I did get a uh, a free poster. I got the I got the IMAX. Uh, oh, so did we. The the marathon one. Yeah, I was worried. I was like, I was like, oh no, they they won't have it. But uh, nice. I just wish that uh. Oh, dude! I brought my fucking three hundred dollar hot toy yeah, you to did. the fucking theater. It's bold. Yeah, I'd be too scared. Very, like I'd drop it or bold. something. I, I, I was. I had a white knuckle grip on that thing. I brought a. I brought a little. Uh, I brought a little um, bag that I could fold up and put in my back pocket. 
I took it out, placed it neatly onto the little table so I could put Star-Lord on it without him getting dirty. And uh, I watched the movie. And and I was, my heart rate, dude, the whole movie, and I think it's just because it was, like I said, I, I, I've i never been more excited to see uh, anything in my life. Um, and it, it was literally, I'm fucking tearing up right now. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop tearing up, but... Uh, yeah, life-changing day. Um, and I, I, my heart rate was, like, really bad, and I have really bad anxiety, uh, especially when it comes to my, like, heart and stuff. Like, I get Same. Very high five. High five, high five. And so high heart rates send me into fucking panic. And I'm like, oh, God, like, I'm going to have a panic attack in this movie. And, and it's kind of like, but, you know, yes, I did squirm. Yes, I did whatever, but, like, like, I was so fucking wrapped up in the movie and like, I just, Oh my God. I just remember, I think, I think the part where I was like, I, I was sobbing my fucking eyes out like a baby was when Peter turned around for the zoo and I was like, yeah, this is it. Like it's goodbye, Peter. Goodbye. And yeah, sorry. I know I'm dragging this out a long time, but cried a lot. I cried at moments that were minor. I, I cried a million times. Um, it was also one of those movies that James Gunn masterfully managed to, position this film in a way where it's like anyone could die anyone could go and then no one did everyone sort of gets their happy ending which was we had a cake and ate it too yeah yeah it was incredibly satisfying um i i i'm sick of the um the notion that a lot of comics fans uh throw throw around a lot of someone has to die there's no stakes yeah i think that's bullshit and 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 you have to i mean anyone with a fucking half a brain who thinks about it for just a little bit knows, right? It's not true. We, we, the, the joy or sorry, not the joy, Jesus Christ. The, the, um, benefit of, of a character's dying is first of all, the emotions that we experience and also the reaction, uh, of the world around them, the characters around them, um, how that fits into the story, whatever. So we got to have our cake and eat it too. Um, and everyone deserved the happy ending, but also, like, seeing Rocket die, we got to see the extent of the extent of how loved he was. Like, like how everyone was just desperate to save him because, you know, they, he, was their, he means the world to them because he's, he's family. Um, and then for Rocket, you know, like, it's a little payoff for Rocket, too, because he sees Lila and Florentif's. And they tell him like they're there and they're waiting for him, but there's more for him to do. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's not like it's just a simple cheap fucking. It's not like it's a series of really cheap, annoying eye rolling fake outs, and then like everyone's fine and the ending is like eh. My only it's concern is that the, the fake outs might get repetitive on a rewatch. On a rewatch, I can definitely see that, but we'll see. I guess. Um, yeah, but this is random. Um, did Lila have the robot arms in the trailers? Uh, I don't remember that, honestly. Because I remember, because right obviously, you know, the trailers are the trailer. I see the trailer a bunch of times. You know, it's on fucking YouTube and shit. Um, and there's always that shot of them hugging. And then I watched the movie. And I'm like, oh, shit, she has robot arms. I'm like, wait, was that in the... Am I just blind? <laughs> like, maybe I'm just unobservant. I don't know. No, yeah, she didn't have the arms. She didn't have the arms. Um, sorry, I thought I was muted. Jesus Christ. She didn't have the arms, um, the robot arms in the trailer. And, and I didn't. think that, okay. that 
that that was a, a purpose purposeful because like if you weren't in the know um like a uh, telltale guardians game like that's for a very select few people like their introduction to lila it was mine uh lila and rocket's relationship how they try to escape together lila dies that's rocket's trauma in that game and like you know um, no, wait, she does have robotic comics. arms oh she does yeah okay well then fuck everything i said <sighs> well, I they're very long in the movie dumb. they're very gangly yeah they are very prominent she's so hot what huh it's Dude. linda cardellini so part of me can't blame you linda cardellini's awesome I'm so sorry. Oh my, Please don't that, cut it. That's, yeah, I'm bleeping that, it. That, that, I'll bleep it. it. Okay, okay. That's yeah, bleep it, it. Bleep it. Bleep it. That's fun. That's good. <laughs> good Come on. God. That was funny as fuck. Dude, dude, top 10. Wrong, top dude. 10. Like, question signs. Are you going to answer? That would be so funny. <laughs> it's, it's the end of the podcast. What are the chances anyone's still here? What are the fucking chances? Very small, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you found us by looking up Zack Snyder. <laughs> for this one congratulations <laughs> almost we're, we're, here to tell you, we're here to tell you we fucking hate him we hate him I'm just kidding I actually love him like, okay I actually don't love him Army of the Dead sucks if you're a Zack Snyder's fan, fan and you are coping with yourself and you believe that Army of the Dead was any fucking good you're a fucking idiot <laughs> that's, that's where I'll leave that that's, that's, I'm done with the show I'm good is that the show uh, no it's not but that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. We fucking loved it. Did y'all see anything this week? I just I I, I started Shameless. Oh, you and did. I watched Guardians. Yes, I started Shameless. I was Shameless. So far, I'm on episode three, and it's, it's shit. Pretty, it's pretty good. It's shit. I was gonna. Shut up. I was gonna. After the series is over, I was thinking about uh, watching Succession. It's shit. Don't watch it because everyone's fucking it's praising shit. that. Oh, you've seen it? No. I didn't think so. It's, it's shameless. I'm, I'm just stealing your move. That's all I watched. I didn't watch anything else. Uh, I I well, I played and finished Jedi Survivor. Oh, you finished it? Oh yeah, I finished I'm it. At the part I I'm at the part where I'm. Um, and this is spoiler free. I'm at the part where you can spoil it. I don't care. You're I know, the I know but, but for the people for people in the fucking audience, listen. If you're man, still the, fucking... man, they, they ain't playing that shit. They broke. Okay, what the fuck? <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that's very unlikely to have a system where they can run it on normally. <laughs> Anyways, that game's fucking a mess. But um, what's it called? I just I'm finally uh, back on Kobo after the desert for the second time, and I have the force dash ability. It feels Kobo. so good. Yeah, the, the, the traversal so feels ice. amazing. Oh, I, I love to. What I do is I very quickly to like cover ground fast. I will like spam X yeah, and then same. circle really fast. It's like a ground dash. It's like super, super satisfying. It's like there's so many more. I actually went for back. Movement. I went back and played a little bit without it, and it's it feels it. It's crazy how much fluidity the dash adds because I feel like something's missing now when I don't have it. No, it, it's gonna make going back to play Fallen Order so impossible. So like so much of the game is gonna make going back to playing that game incredibly hard. I love the cross guard stance and the blaster stance. Yeah, so I'm, much. I do blaster and dual wield. That's what everyone does. I hate the dual wield because it's too fast. That's I like fair. The, I, I mostly I like eighty like percent of the game. I was using blaster stance. It was so fun. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I like that the blaster stance is Makashi mixed with blaster. So it's like you get the Dooku stance, yeah. which is amazing. It's my favorite form, form two, um, favorite form of saber combat. Um, and then you get uh, these awesome fucking blaster things and flourishes. And I love that you can just walk into a room if there's any B1s. They just do. Insta kill with a blaster. Very yeah. satisfying. My my um, biggest issue with the cross guard stance is that it doesn't make you walk like Kylo Ren. Oh, the walk would be cool. I do <laughs> like I do like how the run the run is though. How you're like holding the um because the way my cow looks, um, I have the yellow saber. I got and then otherwise it looks like me. I got long hair and a mustache. And then I got like a <clears throat> tannish beige look going on with like a yellow cape on the back and like a yellow like um skirt on the bottom so I look like I'm like a high republic like Jedi with a yellow cross guard saber and so oh, okay. running with that um with a cross guard out like sells that really well and I love the drop kick move I love I love how slow it is it's like slow but like it's so satisfying when an enemy does like a red red attack wind up and like while they're doing that you instantly like press like triangle on your cross guard so you do like the uppercut as they like come at you and it, you interrupt their attack and you kill them it's so good it's just like yeah i i don't know i, I think a lot of people just call it clumsy or whatever i i think it just um it's just that it, you have to reframe your timing or whatever but no sorry i'm i'm, I'm back on kobo but like after getting force dash how far am i in the game uh you're not that far how long is the game? Because I've spent like six hours playing it. I think, I think, well, how how much are you doing like side quests and stuff? I am, as I go, looking around to get chests and that's pretty much it. Okay. That's pretty much what I did too. Um, I think, I think by the end, I think it said I had 21 hours played. Okay. Damn. Uh, hey, wait, well, does Dirge show up at all? Does who? Dirge. Dirge. Help me. He's the same race as Ravis. He's a bounty hunter from the 2002 animated series Clone Wars. He's a Gendai. Oh, the ba- uh, um, I I don't I haven't really done a ton of the bounty stuff. No, but like oh, Ravis doesn't mention him. Oh, also I want to say, Ravis's voice actor is amazing. So oh, I, good. I was so pissed because I'm like the entire game, Bode. I'm like he sounds so fucking familiar. Oh, Where yeah, do oh, yeah, I it's, know it's, this guy he? from? Who He's is he? fucking <clears throat> Charles from Red Dead 2. I was like, fucking, oh, of dude. course. That's so obvious. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. He's Charles. Jesus Christ. And he's just doing the same voice. Yeah. Oh, I think too. that's just I'm his like, voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He needs to. He needs to. He needs to. He needs to do this. Or True, he needs to right. do that. No, you're right. You're right. To be a good voice actor. A half black, half Native American guy going, yeah, how are you? <laughs> Why is he playing an Asian guy? I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't think Boat is that's Asian. What he, that, well, I don't know what he is, but that's just what the actor looks like in real life. I don't know what he is. I don't know what he is either. No, I'm, I was quoting you. I don't know what he is either. You insensitive prick. Um, let's say... Let's say he's black. Just for the sake of it. Yeah, that's what, that's what a lot of like white legislators would say. He gets the pass. Um, <laughs> no, but the game's what fucking phenomenal. Uh, I think... Yeah, once you get the dash that's the game does pick up from there i I can't i can't because i'm like i've I've been so far ahead i'm like i can't remember exactly like what comes after that but it's good dude (laughs) you're good i i look there was only one part where it was just kind of like it got a little boring for me 
And that was a second visit to the desert before the giant drill fight. The giant drill fight was really cool. Oh. Like a cool set piece. Yeah, that's the part where I was like, I, I messaged you on Discord. I was like, bruh, <laughs> it got fucking though, crazy. Even though it was very automated, it was like super cinematic yeah. and a lot of fun to like, to like, you know, be there for. There were two other moments after that, major moments, that I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, two major yo mamas. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's I finished Survivor. Great game. I'd give it like a nine out of ten. Very good, very very good. Performance you know issues I aside, did? I don't care. What? I watched Guardians three. You did one and two. That's and crazy because I, I I watched it like two weeks ago. Where were you? And the and the Guardians holiday special. Oh, it's okay. I was just fucking bitches. Fucking I eat your mom. Guardians three is way more important than that. No, no, it's okay. I was able to see it anyways. I also I watched. Have James, I have a James Gunn autographed rocket figure. Suck my dick. When and where? I mean, you can do it right here. Like we're all in the we're we're in an office. By the way, this is where we record a podcast. We have an official office. Yeah, Payton is right now crawling yet. under the. Pain is crawling under the table with a mic. So he, so if you yeah if you hear him talking, that's in between. Um, <laughs> God, you know, taking it. A little bit, so yeah. I also watched uh, Star Wars Vision season two. Mid, I'm just kidding. I am great, significantly better than season one. Um, that not saying season one's bad or anything, but I, you know, I watched it and I was like, that's pretty good. And season two, I'm like, this is fucking great. <laughs> this is this is real good stuff. Uh, specifically, the first two episodes I thought were phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it's just all in all, good season. The fucking. I, I can't I don't remember how to pronounce their, the studio's name but the guys who do uh, Wallace and Gromit Hartman <laughs> yeah yeah thank you um, their their episode was fucking great um, actually the third episode was good too really all of them were good there was only one that I wasn't huge on not because it was like bad but just I don't know the Mpreg episode the what the Mpreg episode the fuck is that what are you talking oh Jesus. Mpreg no, uh, I think it was the last episode actually that it, that it wasn't. No, it was the seventh episode um, that I wasn't huge on. But yeah, you know what I did see? What the leaked Five Nights at Freddy's trailer? Actually, yes, actually, and um, it's very hard to see. Um, it's very blurry, and um, a lot of people are like the production is very pissed that it, it got out. And it's so funny because the guy filming it, Link? his username is like on the video it's like so they showed a trailer for like a survey for people um and he basically filmed it with his phone and on the screen um there's like a watermark of his username over and over again over the video that's playing too so it's so hard to see but um and and i'm not going to spoil it for anyone here who's interested in watching the trailer on their own i will say though it looks like a lot of fun um i'm very excited it definitely looks like a low budget movie but like in a good way in a good way it looks like yeah like a very fun very like very like um it looks like a super competent youtube fan project but like with a in, a, in the best way possible like i i wasn't in a, i was not expecting anything like insane um it looks great i i'm super excited i thought the best part of the trailer was when matt pat did like a maniacal laugh that was pretty good um best part of the trailer is when markiplier got naked in front of everyone i wish he was in it I wish he was the phone guy. That would be great. <laughs> that would be great. But no, he has to make his own movie. What a bitch. 
Iron Lung, by the way, great game. I, I wonder how that's going to translate into film. I think it's going to be great. I trust Markiplier with my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, but you, you got a link to that trailer. I don't really give a shit about Finance or Freddy's, but I am fascinated sure. by that movie. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I have. So is that the show? That is a show. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Avengers Podcast. If you want to follow us, we're at Avengers on Twitter. That's A-V-E-N-G-E, nerds, all one word. If you want to follow any of us, you can reach me at It's Aneth underscore on Twitter. Where can they reach you all? Nowhere. Nowhere. Follow our socials. Play Fortnite. Play Fortnite with me. Uh, that is under lowercase x, uppercase a, uh, lowercase Anakin. Um, and then Crywalker with an uppercase C. Play Fortnite with me, please. What a nerd. Fortnite was really fun though i can't lie it was, so it was really fun um we also have a discord if you'd like to join the conversation there those will be linked in the show notes you can also check out our link tree for an additional links you may be interested in you can also review the show in app on apple Podcasts. if you can leave five stars in a review it will really help us out thanks again for listening to the adventures podcast we'll see you next week later bye i love y'all